Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231-224-6453. And right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. And that spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. And I want to very quickly thank everyone who checked out Mike After Dark Returns last Monday night live on KGRG. And I also want to thank my guests Thursday, Cork, Killing Spree, Dave, and Corbin all for joining me on that adventure. And even though Alumni Week is over, the celebration of 30 years of today's rock on 89.9 KGRG-FM continues all month long, first with the KGRG 30th Anniversary Benefit Concert happening Friday, May 10th, this Friday, at the Green River College campus featuring the home team, the lightweight champs, and Cashing in Karma. Uh, playing on the very stage that Nirvana played one of their very first shows on back in 1989. That stage has a lot of history, and that's your opportunity to be a part of it. There's also going to be an on-campus car bash fundraiser happening on June 4th. And if you can't make it out to either of those, and you'd like to support the radio station that thought it was a good idea to give me my own show and put me on the air back in the day, you know, uh, uh, setting me on this path in broadcasting that I am walking today, uh, head over to KGRG.com and click the donate tab. And they'll hook you up with some swag too, like, you know, t-shirts and stickers for your donation, which incidentally is tax deductible and helps keep the student run nonprofit non-commercial radio station alive for the next generation of broadcasters who might end up going on to do nobody's favorite podcasts as well. And if you want to be a part of that next generation of broadcasters yourself, sign up for Radio Lab classes at Green River College in Auburn, Washington. Check out all of that, including all of the places that you can stream KGRG online, like iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio, and the brand new KGRG FM app. Go to KGRG.com. But hey, did you know? The KGRG also has a second radio station. It's true. KGRG One, your classic alternative, also found on TuneIn and on iHeartRadio, keeping the early days of the Seattle grunge scene alive, along with the origins of alternative music from the late 80s and the alternative music that would come later in the early 2000s to create your classic alternative at KGRG One. And now, our feature presentation. Ed, have a seat. I have good news. There's a ship available. The USS Orville. Ever since I was a kid, I have wanted to serve on an exploratory vessel. You're nobody's first choice for this job. But we have 3,000 ships to staff, and we need captains. Can I have one of these mints? Those are marbles. We're giving you one last chance. I just want to say I am thrilled to be your new captain. I want this to be an efficient ship, but also one that you're glad to be serving on. Lieutenant Commander Bordas, your entire species is male, isn't it? That is correct, sir. Probably not a lot of arguments about 
leaving the toilet seat up and that kind of thing, right? Mocklin's urinate only once per year. Really? That's, I mean, I'm, I'm up two, three times a night. <laughs> that is unfortunate. It is. Time to meet the locals. Hi, I'm Captain Ed Mercer. Holy crap! We don't mean your family any harm. Well, we did just shoot his dad. Aside from shooting your dad, we don't mean your family any harm. Captain, there's a message coming in from Admiral Halsey. It says that an executive officer has become available. No. No, 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 no. Crap, sorry, man, you okay? Yeah, it's all good, man, you okay? Yeah, all good, sorry. All right, no worries. The captain does not appear to be pleased at the arrival of his first officer. They were married. No way. You know how many times I tried to talk to you? Because you weren't hearing me or you weren't around at all, but I did try. I, I was no. the one who suggested couples counseling. The therapist was your brother-in-law. This should be a really fun trip for all of us. Perhaps we should not be talking about this. Oh, no, no, no. We're, t we're talking about this. Th th this is a thing. You'll be delivering supplies to the science station on Epsilon 2. Thank you for coming. We need protection. Protection from what? The krill. We have figured out a way to manipulate the speed of events. So, it's an anti-banana ray. It's really interesting. We need no longer fear the banana. Does it work on all fruit? What about salads? You do realize this could be used as a weapon. That's why you're here. Orders to Captain Mercer. Just detected a krill destroyer entering orbit. Doors jammed. Alara. You want to open this jar of pickles for me? I loosened it for you. Return fire! Give me the device, or I will destroy your ship. Sorry, can you can you move like two steps to your right? It's just a lot of dead space there. Just perfect. Yeah, sorry, you were just very weirdly framed. What? What is that? Is that a beer? Yeah, I'm nervous. You know, it's a new ship. I want to make a good impression. It's 9.15 in the morning. Sorry. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and I am joined in the uh, KGRG AM booth uh, here in the studio with uh, the Dark One himself, Killing Spree. Yo. And uh, yeah, we, we we sound like garbage because we're recording in a in a AM radio booth. So, but uh, but thanks again to KGRG for uh, letting us uh, uh, crash and sneak into the studio to um, uh, to use the facilities. We're. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're. Uh, I'm sorry. I was laughing at my own joke. Uh, use the facilities. That was. Uh, that was a unfortunate turn of phrase there. But we're. We're also joined via Skype uh, by our good buddy Dave Sanders. How. Uh, how are you doing out from uh, Computerland? Well, you can understand me tonight. Under unlike this past Monday night, so that's a good thing. <laughs> right. But um, I'm. I'm glad to be coming through in this uh, wonderful technology called Mono. Uh, the the one track thing. I mean, when's the last time any of us recorded anything in that AM studio? By the way, would you say? Uh, Got to be at least three, four years. Well, I think Spree and I did an episode what last year. I, I think we've done a couple just yeah. just out of necessity. Yeah, because usually like uh, we so we sneak in the back door uh, to the KGRG studios, and I, I I wish that was an exaggeration, but that's literally what we do. <laughs> um, so, uh, but anyhow, like uh, 
uh, there are times where people are using the studio and and we uh, get exiled to the uh, auxiliary studio. And and again, uh, uh, KGRG's AM studio is for KGRG1.com, your classic alternative. That's uh, that's where they play uh, Nirvana and all these uh, all these other um, you know classic alternative uh, tunes from back in the day. Um, but anyway, I. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah, it's something to the effect of like they're running a baseball game today, so uh, so we didn't have access to the uh, FM booth. And you know what? I I figured since this is uh, uh, coming out shortly after I put out the recorded podcast version of uh, Mike After Dark Returns, that uh, that Alumni Week uh, special episode uh, we did last week. Uh, you know. Uh, I, I, I guess we're doing the KGRG tour, <laughs> celebrating 30 <laughs> years of, of today's rock and using all, all of the different studios uh, for that. But um, ironically enough, we're not talking about any of that stuff today. Uh, we're uh, uh, the three of us, the uh, shitlords and friends. We have uh, gotten back together uh, to talk about a show that uh, over the last two seasons, uh, we've, uh, we've all grown uh, very fond of in, I would imagine, uh, vastly different ways. Uh, we're talking about uh, Seth MacFarlane's The Orville. The best Star Trek on TV today. Exactly. The only <laughs> Star Trek on TV today. You know, Spree, is, Spree is literally correct because um, that is the only new Star Trek show on TV because uh, Star Trek Discovery is on a fucking app. <laughs> And, and it's an STD. Us. You've joined us, Mike. You've joined us in the streaming uh, Overlord PC Master Race that we have going on here. So you can't look down on us from your high pedestal well, anymore. This this, <laughs> is, this is true. This is true. Um, I but I like that joke so much because like I was I was so late to the party on streaming TV of any kind, and I remember when uh, Star Trek Discovery was announced and uh, it was going to be exclusive to the CBS All Access app and there was going to be a paywall um, that immediately turned me off so I'm just like uh, and and I really haven't recovered since well, I mean have you seen the two episodes that they put out on one on, was on television and the other was on they put it on YouTube for yes. free yes I uh, oh actually you know what I never did watch that second episode because I I don't have the attention span to watch an hour uh, program on YouTube yeah. I I watched it just to watch it and it was like sure sure wow that's ugly that's just <laughs> oh yeah and so I mean at least it, with the Orville you can see what's going on right right. Um, so, I, I mean, imagine uh, that's going to be a lot of what we're talking about. You know, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of comparing and contrasting because, ironically enough, because of just like the way the production schedule ended up going, like Star Trek Discovery got delayed like two or three times and they, you know, went through different uh, showrunners and production delays. Uh, the Orville ended up coming out, uh, what, like a couple months uh, before Star Trek Discovery did, if I remember I correctly. I believe so, yep. And, and the the reason Star Trek Discovery took so long, they just finally got tired of waiting for the lights for the set. I mean, they were like, fuck it, we'll just shoot in the darkness and hopefully they can see everything. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good well, job, Dave. And then they were trying to figure out how badly they could fuck up the Klingons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
That, I mean, that didn't help. <laughs> those are those are very intricately designed Klingons. They, they, they look like they came off the set of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, a little, little too over-designed uh, for my liking. But yeah, I mean, so so full disclosure, I'm sure we're going to take some shots at, uh, at Discovery, but it's going to be from a place of ignorance, or at least from me, because again, I've only seen that one first episode. I haven't seen any of it. So, yeah, so like, you know, and anything else that I've got just comes from cultural osmosis and like what people are tweeting about or whatever. Well, uh, I've seen the two episodes, I've also, uh-huh. but I've also watched the uh, spoiler, spoiler heavy reviews from uh, YouTubers I follow, like uh-huh. Nerdrotic and uh, Overlord DVD, and they go into great detail about the episodes and... They just sound awful. Yeah, and, and that was something I was I was going to loop back into because, like, in fact, I I had this in my back pocket because I I, I looked into my Mike Seibert Radio Crystal Ball and I was thinking, Killing Spree, you were going to you know drop some science on us and talk about you know all these things about how Discovery fucks up the lore and how they've done all these characters dirty. And I was going to say, it's like, wait a damn minute, if you actually watch the show and but but you. You've uh, you, you've since uh, uh, precluded yourself on that, so I so we won't have to won't have to worry about that. Well, that not I've probably only seen like a handful of star, other Star Trek episodes. Sure. So lore stuff, I'm going off of uh, third hand knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so if if you are a Star Trek Discovery stan and want to want to sharpshoot us on that, not yourself Trekky. Well, yeah, and I, I think we're going to talk about that as well. Um, how, how about you, Dave? Before before we get too terribly far, what's 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 your level of experience with uh, Star Trek Discovery? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Uh, the last full series I watched, and I've rewatched it over and over again on BBC America, wherever it plays, is uh, Next Generation. I was not really into like the Deep Space Nine or even um, what was the one with the. Uh, with uh, oh my guy, I can't think of his name. The one that came after Deep Space Nine, the, Voyager. The, was it Origin one? Enterprise. Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even get into okay. that one. So uh, Next Generation was my my last full in, in, in immersement or assimilation into uh, okay. the Star Trek series. I gotcha. Okay, all right. That that helps. How how about you, Spree? Are are do you consider yourself to be like a Trek fan, or how how far back do you go with this nonsense? Um. I don't think I've seen a single episode of the original series. Okay. A few of uh, Next Gen. I think I've seen bits and pieces of Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Sure. I've seen the first two Star Trek movies uh, uh, with the actual original cast. Wow. Uh, and the two that Jar Jar Abrams made. Okay. See, the, uh, I, I'm very interested to, to get everybody's take on this because it seems like of the group... I'm the resident Trekkie. Well, I, I, because... want, I want to go pick up the uh, the original series on Blu-ray that's yeah. available, but I don't want to give CBS my money. Okay, well, uh, elaborate on that. Why? Why not? What? What? Because they're fucking up Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's all. They they, they didn't that's touch awesome. you anywhere else. Well, a little a little salty that I lost. Or they decided to not do radio anymore, and I lost my job there. But <laughs> there it is. There it well, is. To be but, fair, but they also pretty, but it is prime Jag yet, so I, I can I can feel that that anger towards CBS. So but, I, but I'm it, with you, Spree. But it, it is primarily like they're doing Star Trek dirty. So why yeah. do I want to give them money? 
Well, I, I guess with that, and, and, and again, we haven't even gotten to Orville yet, no. but uh, but I, and, I guess... And, and I was going to loop that around. It's like, because I remember the one of the biggest concerns amongst the sci-fi community uh-huh. when the, the initial Orville uh, trailers premiere was, oh my God, they're going to fuck this up. It's going to be Galaxy Quest, the, the TV show, but worse, because Seth MacFarlane's involved in it. In hindsight, looking at that, it's like, oh my god, you couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. Well, it didn't help that the uh, the trailers leading up to the the series premiere made it look like it was a a full fledged comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that's something that interests me because like the the trailers did nothing for me. I was just like, in fact, I I don't even remember how enthusiastic I was when it first came around. I don't think I don't think I watched. Uh, the first episode for like a good while. I think I think it sat on my DVR, and I'm like, ah, I should probably watch this. I, I saw it when it premiered just out of curiosity, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, the the trailers got this wrong. It's actually pretty darn good. Yeah, the, those trailers are garbage. And you know, so, something to what you were saying, Dave. You know, it, it was it was uh, you know the the scuttlebutt was that it's going to be uh, Galaxy Quest uh, through the the Seth MacFarlane kaleidoscope. I thought it was going to be even worse than that. I thought it was going to be Family Guy in space. Oh, and um, I I don't know about you guys, and I think I've talked about this in a few different spots. I I I am extremely hot and cold. When it comes to Seth MacFarlane, because like I, I don't like Family Guy. I I never did. Even when like everybody else did, I always thought it was just too much for me. How about, how about I you guys? See that. I I could see that. I, I've been a fan since the beginning. I still watch it. Like I'll I'll catch it on Hulu or uh-huh. uh, binge watch a couple episodes here and there. But I'll still watch it. It's it's my kind of humor. I I could get it if it's not your kind of humor. That kind of thing because they do go off the deep end. In, a, in quite a few episodes, actually, yeah, like like they're trying to be like the the link between Simpsons and South Park. That's the way I always viewed Family. Guy. Ah, that's that's interesting. And for some reason, in all my years, I guess I just never really thought of it that way. But that that actually kind of works because I don't really like South Park either. Boo! <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and that's why I had to had to say it so so you could boo me. Boo this man! <laughs> but, boo! So so yeah, I've uh, uh, first I I think I'm like accidentally prudish or something because there's a lot of like I guess I would say like super subversive stuff that that I'm just not into. I'm I'm a mainstream kind of guy, so. And and to loop it back around to what something you were saying earlier, Spree, about CBS, um, I I am like the the sweatpants wearing old man. I I am CBS's prime demographic because we watch way too much CBS programming. We watch like the NCIS and and the Criminal Minds and all all of this other nonsense that that CBS puts on uh, Hawaii Five O and. All, Magnum, no, no comma, PI, and all of that shit. I mean, we we eat all of that uh, uh, geritol up, and it's just like. But you're not gonna pay for it. Nah. Well, and that's that's the thing too, and and it's something that's I I think is unique about CBS's programming is that it's it's all single serving type of stuff. 
in that like you know sure there's like some loose continuity and sure there's callbacks and things like that but you know if you watch an any given episode of NCIS and don't know who any of the characters are you're fine because there's really no character depth and development anyway and it's all just everything resets at the end of the episode so it's a sitcom very much so okay. yeah yeah i mean compared to law and order even i mean they have at least a little character development through a couple episodes but they're all standalone as well. Yeah, you know the the Law and Order model is very apt in in this case, and and that's fine. I mean, it's it's you know it, it gives us what we like, and you know I mean we we like you know deeper, more character driven stuff as well. But there there is something uh, uniquely satisfying about just you know just having having something on TV. You know sometimes while you're doing other stuff, or if you just want to unwind, but. But, I mean, really, really, CBS programming, the best way I could describe it is it's comfort food. You know, like it's it's, you know, it's mashed potatoes, it's meatloaf, you know, it's and, (laughs) you know, it's not especially good. It's a Swanson TV dinner. Yeah, it's Salisbury steak with the lumpy mashed potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. It's not good for you, but it'll get you where you're going. So I guess in a sense, when I thought that CBS was going to do a Star Trek series, I thought it was going to be, you know, maybe kind of like in that vein. And it's uh, uh, apparently just just not. No, it's It's Jar Jar Abrams. But the TV show. Right, right. <laughs> and, and to lump it back around, you were talking about how CBS was for the uh, for the older folks. I mean, yeah. even, even Seth on Family Guy has acknowledged this a few times. Like, they did a thing where Peter was watching Jag, and Harm's character on there was like, no one's watching this anyways. Hey there. Hey, little way. Did you take your pills today? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that episode. I I love Jag. All shows should be Jag. <laughs> I mean, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Yeah, except yeah, for the Orville. Yeah, so so just just so everybody knows where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah, old so, man Mike's old. Yeah, exactly. I'm like super old. I mean, you can you can you can smell the Ben Gay coming through your uh, your headphones there, which actually that oh that's gross. Yeah, that's bad. Um, but but wrapping it back around to what you're saying about the streaming services. Yeah, too, everybody's going to that now. I mean, you look at DC; they just launched theirs a few months ago with. Uh, with the whole Titans thing going to there exclusively asterisk and then being put on Netflix later on. You yeah. Fox, uh, not a Fox. Uh, you have Disney coming out with their Disney plus here. Uh, I think September is their launch date. November. So have, let's get, oh, November. Yep. Uh, I, I'm getting on that. Be on there. I'm going to watch me some Mandadarian. <laughs> right. I'll pirate and, it. And, and then you even have, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fox did the same thing here pretty soon. Sure. Sure. Let's get to the point where it's like, there's so many options. It's like, it's cheaper to just have cable. Maybe this was a whole plan by the uh, by the Comcast and the and the uh, Direct TVs of the land to uh, real give us what we wanted, but make us show us why we didn't want it. Yeah, isn't that ironic? You know, kind of yeah. like a, like a weird weird uh, reverse hubris type of thing. Like, <laughs> you, you just want NBC and Fox? Okay, here you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you give you those other ones. Yeah, sour grapes. Um, <laughs> All right, so in in typical fashion, uh, we've uh, we've gotten way way off course. Take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> tangents within tangents. I mean, I mean that's that's going to happen also. So, um, so yeah. So I I had less than zero expectations uh, for the Orville, and uh, again we talked about the trailers being uh, you know very uninspiring, um, and. 
with uh, and it sounds like I, I might differ from you guys a little bit. Even that first episode, I thought it was okay. Um, I I and I I saw what they were doing in that like you know it's like hey isn't this kind of like just like a riff on Star Trek: The Next Generation? Yeah, it, it felt. I was expecting a, a full-on parody, like Spaceballs or something like that, but it, it felt more like a love letter. It Even was. It, and 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 we talked about this on the uh, or I should say the preview uh, that day uh, that year. Um, the the subtle nods to the the Roddenberry series, the the music swells, the fade in, fade out. I mean, it was all there. Seth did this with some reverence. I mean, I think we said that on that episode, and it. It was, I think, the perfect foundation building episode. Really? See, maybe I just I need to go rewatch that pilot because I uh, um, I was kind of really kind of trying to fumble around because I don't remember which episode it was sequentially to where it finally clicked into place what the show actually is. Because, like, you know, you look on IMDb and it's listed as kind of like a dramedy, you know, it's like a, a comedy drama. And I, I would think that's accurate. But, yeah, it's like I, I think that first episode was still kind of leaning more towards uh, parody almost, uh, uh, certainly satire. Um but yeah, you know where it was for me. Go ahead. Episode, episode three. Okay. With Topa, the 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 Mocklin, they had the, the baby was hatched, and the whole gender identity thing. That's where it showed me. Okay, this is not a parody. This is. Was that episode that Star early? That, that that was episode three of the first season. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to bring up the IMDb, but my phone is slow and and uh, yeah, that, that was college. a really good episode. And that and the end, it was like, oh. They, they didn't did. go the way I thought they would. No, yeah, oh, I thought they it was going to go through with it. I thought the baby was going to get uh, stay a girl, just because the. I imagine they wanted to go with the the safe ending and not get a any potential backlash. But no, they they went with the like, no, this is our culture. We're changing this baby. And, and knowing what we know now, I'm glad they went that way because oh, yeah. of the long game with them calling back to that. Yeah, with, in a way, yeah, with Bordis and uh, Clyden. Yeah. And yeah. finding the female Mocklins and the the, the yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's definitely not like those uh, shows you were describing of them being uh, single episodes. You, there, there's there's some uh, some overreaching arcs going on here. Yeah, I mean, because. Um... You know, and and, it, and it's interesting. So so okay. So I finally caught up with uh, with IMDb. So I so I have the uh, uh, the episode listing. So uh, again, the the episode we were just talking about is episode three. But the uh, um, I I think where it started to click with me, and this all sounds dumb in retrospect, but it was it was the second episode where mm-hmm. where Ed and Kelly are in this uh, in this zoo. Basically. Oh yes, that one. And, that was too. And that was one where I was like, wait a second, we aren't just doing jokes here. We're, you know, saying stuff about you know, like the nature of relationships and um stuff that that for me it was the first indication of where uh, Star Trek would go because I mean obviously Star Trek has done a number of uh captivity based episodes. Um but they took it and put it through the kaleidoscope of, at the time, uh, 2017 sensibilities. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's through our modern lens. It's like all of these characters. And I think we've um, 
uh, I, I don't remember where where it was. I've lost track. But uh, like one one of the criticisms of like the the more current Star Wars movies is a lot of the characters feel like they're from contemporary times. Like you take somebody like Poe Dameron, he feels like he's a character written from 2015, as opposed to in this this episode. Uh, I'm sorry, this you know era of a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. Everybody on the uh, um, on the Orville cast feels like they're uh, they have contemporary sensibilities right does does that make sense or am i kind of on my own there um so for me that that was kind of eye-opening in that you can take characters with these contemporary sensibilities put them in a familiar star trek scenario it's not ripping off any one particular plot because like i've heard some of that criticism where it's oh it's just ripping off star trek but it rips it off in a way that's clever and subversive they're they're not just doing like it's it's not gus van sant's psycho they're they're not just you know doing shot for shot remakes they're they're Kind of, uh, kind of taking like a salad bar approach to it, taking a little bit from here, a little bit from but, there. But also, can you really call it ripping off if the sh- the point of the show is to pay homage to Star Trek? Well, and, and that's that that's an interesting point to debate because I don't I don't know where that blurry line is between um, homage and outright ripoff because uh, uh, Spree uh, something something you and I famously don't don't entirely agree on is uh, Force Awakens. Right. You know, with, with it being an outright remake, I I look at it as, yeah, there's there are plenty of things plucked from it, but I I allow it based on nostalgia. You know, it's 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 nostalgia reverence based um, uh, usage, not unlike how I feel about the Orville. And I think it wasn't until after this third the third episode that that you guys were talking about that i realized that um that seth mcfarlane has a reverence for this material that i didn't know he had i i didn't realize he was a huge star trek fan because you can't do the things and take the shows the places that it goes without being a fan right. if, if that makes sense yeah because because then it's uh you know you've invoked uh, uh JJ a few times JJ uh JJ Abrams uh has said many times that he's not specifically a uh Star Trek fan it showed exactly and and that's and that's um I I happen to like that first one I don't mind that third one I hate the second one um, the one where was it supposed to be Khan yes. I mean Khan was definitely not in that one yeah he's definitely all. not in that one yeah J.J. Abrams lied to they, me they, they did, definitely didn't switch uh, Kurt and Spock in the oh, death scene oh my Jesus yeah, not at all I, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Make, it just no. I just I re- I really don't like that movie. Uh, but but my point being is like um, one of the reasons why folks seem to like those JJ Star Trek movies is because they don't feel like Star Trek movies. You know, it's like it's like you know taking this material and these familiar characters and just looking at it from an outsider perspective. You you might see me shifting my arms kind of sarcastically uh, back and forth. You can't see it on a podcast, but but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's like. Oh, we like this Star Trek movie because it reminds us of a Star Wars movie. And 
I can't say I'm fond of those type of viewers because I mean I was watching uh those those first two Star Trek movies and mm-hmm. I'm is am I wrong in thinking that the first Star Wars movie it's that it, it's basically a a long version of a Star Trek episode. Oh yeah, uh, Star Trek the slow motion picture. You mean yeah. uh, uh, Charlie Harger's favorite movie? Oh, uh, that yeah. one. Y- yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the first one because I'm, and because it felt like what I expect Star Trek to be. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that movie's really long and really slow, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, but, it just well, I, I love 2001: Space Odyssey and Blade Runner. Those two are very slow. Yes, and very long. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, but yeah, Usually no, they like that. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that and that that speaks to that that sensibility. I mean, uh, you're absolutely correct, uh, Spree. In that, yeah, Star Trek the Motion Picture, the first one. Yeah, it's in fact they actually took a bunch of concepts from um, a unused TV concept. They were going to call it Star Trek Phase Two. And it was going to be basically all these people that you see in that first movie. You know, you've got like Kirk, Spock and Bones, but you've also got like the new people also. And so it was kind of them kind of, you know, kind of making their way together. And they're like, for whatever reason, that didn't take off, but they made it into a movie instead. And they had all of this uh, concept art and all this all this other groundwork already done. So they're just like, okay, well, you know, and people seem to like that uh, that Star Wars. Um, you you get Star Trek the motion picture directly because of Star Wars because uh, you know people at Paramount were having like a, like executive boardroom meeting and it's like well you know people are going to see this Star Wars what do we got and and somebody sheepishly raises their raises their hands it's like well we've got Star Trek, th- this thing we've always had. <laughs> um, right? <laughs> y- can we do that as a movie? <laughs> so, and, and that it's amazing that they got all this material, all these movies, all these spinoffs, everything out of what two and a half, three seasons of the original TV show. Yeah, yeah, three seasons. And, and it's just a, it's mind boggling that I don't think anybody anybody really remembers that it was a short lived series. Oh yeah, and all this lore has come out of just those three years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's mind-boggling to me and that includes that sorbo uh, because there's a lot of nods to the original series not just any iteration of uh star trek but the original series like i said the music swells the fade in fade out yeah like the, like the little technical things that you wouldn't not probably non-fans of star trek wouldn't notice yeah, I agree. Well, and and something that that's also interesting about watching the Orville is like you know it's it's still hard even now to sell somebody on on it and explain what it is because one of the things that that's really odd to me is the set design and the costumes. It it all looks very cheap. It does. And. It does. But what I found, though, is now that we've spent two seasons in this world with these characters and all that, that, you know, if if it's renewed for a third season, which as of this recording, we have no idea. Uh, Season two finale just uh, just recently aired. Um, But I, I I've said before that if the show is renewed and like they they get more money and increased budget and you know and they they 
parlayed that into uh, set and costume design. I don't know if if I would like that as much. Because I wouldn't either. And uh, there are also reports that Seth went what three million over budget for the finale with the just the first that first opening scene with all the fighting and everything. I guess he went way over budget with that, uh, <laughs> which is kind of hard to think about because of one of the other space battles that happened earlier in the season with uh, with Isaac and his people. Yeah. But, yeah, I figured that that would have been the episode that went over budget. I, I, I figured that's where they spent all of the money for the entire season was uh, uh, was on on that episode. Um, so I, I feel where where the conversation is drifting. Um, uh, before we kind of uh, get into some of our thoughts on season two, because I mean season two is you know definitely a bit of a departure from season one. Um, is there someone said there would be a sophomore slump and that they weren't sure if there was going to be as good? I believe somebody said that. Huh? What? I think somebody said that there was going to be a sophomore slump and that it wasn't going to be as good. Oh yeah, that's right. Somebody might have said that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was me. I was, well, no, I didn't say, I think I said, I'm afraid it would. Oh, okay. Um, my bad <laughs> but i mean same difference uh yeah no i mean because that that was uh because it was going to be more episodes and having come come off of a successful season one i was like yeah this is the one where seth mcfarlane is going to get too much ego and he's uh he's gonna lose his mind and and i mean i i guess and again, this is this is from the point of view of somebody that doesn't like Family Guy. Mm-hmm. I I you kind of split Family Guy into two eras, right? Pre-cancellation and post-cancellation. Well, which cancellation? Uh, the first one. Okay. <laughs> because after the first one, it was gone for what a couple years, something, like, years, that, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. and then when it's brought back, to me it like doubled and tripled down on everything that and again this is subjective uh the stuff i didn't like it felt like i got more of that you know it's 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 more crass it's more irreverent you know and i just um and and i felt that that's because basically it came from the ashes of success of DVD sales. And I really felt that if you give Seth MacFarlane enough money and uh, and inflate his ego enough that, yeah, he's going to find a way to ruin this because it's really almost kind of like the, the George Lucas principle. The reason why the prequels are are not great is because it's Lucas unhinged, right? I mean, there, there was nobody there saying like, hey, George, that – that's probably not a great choice. Right. right. Um, why, why, why don't you throttle it down a little bit? So I really thought that that's what was going to happen with season two of the Orville. And yeah, you're right, Dave. I, I am uh, pleased to say that I I was uh, mistaken because um, season two of the Orville takes everything that we liked and it does um, escalate. But it also escalates in an appropriate way. You get more character development, more good characterization, even more uh, um, outright references in the in the form of guest stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we haven't even really uh, uh, touched on that at all. Uh, but it, it's it in season two. It also uh, shows its heart that much more. 
And I think that's why I keep putting out these tweets whenever I watch an episode of The Orville. I'm like, we don't deserve this. Because it's it's a show that is way better than it has any right to be. Well, I, I, I'm, oh, I take the opposite position. We mm. do deserve it because of all the nonsense we've gotten. That's fair. Yeah, it, it's a... Uh, we, we, we deserve something to enjoy. Something that is of high quality that's, mm-hmm. that doesn't feel insulting. This is our TOS, basically. Sure. Yeah, see, and and I agree with that because, again, it's it, it does something that I never really thought I would see. I mean, because we, we, we didn't see it in any of the other Star Trek shows, you know, from uh, Next Generation all the way through Enterprise. We're certainly not seeing it on, on Star Trek Discovery, um, but we're not seeing it in the J.J. Um, uh, Abrams movies either, is that it's using science fiction to reflect our current sensibilities in in the uh, uh, late 2010s, it, does that make sense? No, I got you. Like like that. Uh, I don't even remember what episode, which number episode it was, but mm-hmm. the one where they go to that planet and everybody's raided. Yeah, I, w- I was. Yeah. I'm trying to find that on the IMDb. I don't remember which one that is, but yeah, basically they, you know, it's they, social media in a nutshell. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they go is. go to planet Reddit, and yeah. and it's all upvotes and downvotes. Planet Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more accurate. Yeah, and and I think that was the one also because I mean again it's for me it's just like it was like oh this is this this is okay to hey wait a sec I think they've got something here then you get to episode three and it's like whoa this it's like um uh you had my you had my curiosity now you have my attention mm-hmm. and then you know uh, um, again not knowing the the episode uh order but i think that was shortly after episode 3 it was either it, 4 or 5 it or may the, have been uh, 4 or 5 thing. well 5 is the one where uh, uh charlie theron shows up yeah. um so yeah it ha- had to have been uh episode 4 uh but anyway yeah it was it, it was just like no that this this is something special. This is saying something because um, the closest you get to contemporary sensibilities is, you know, like the in that 2009 Star Trek where, you know, you're doing a flashback and, and apparently uh, uh, Captain Kirk likes Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. which, which is fine. I mean, I, I dude, I was down for that. And I actually liked yeah. how they called back to it in, in the third movie. But but my point being is like. I haven't seen anything that, you know, puts social media basically on there and talks about how toxic it is and how bad it is for society. And, you know, I mean, there was a whole nother episode where, um, oh, gosh, I, I'm forgetting them all. Uh, but, you know, they, they've they've talked about organized religion a couple few different times. Yep. And uh, or, or that, religion, but the astrology one, where if you were born under a certain sign of the of the astrological calendar, you were inherently bad and mm-hmm. needed to be put into a camp. I mean, that that's something I hadn't seen personally. And then there's the, it's at that extreme. And then there's that Mocklin episode with the uh, the female refugee uh, planet where. Oh, yeah. Ed's, I, I want like, to about that one at length here pretty soon because. Uh, we're gonna be working hard nine to five on that one. <laughs> yeah. But but the whole idea of this 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 uh planet that we're aligned with goes everything about them goes against our moral values. Why are we aligned with them? Oh, we're we're aligned 
were aligned with them for military reasons or right. or resource reasons. <coughs> KSA. <coughs> I don't know what that means. Political. Saudi Arabia. Oh, right. Sure. <laughs> I, I was going to say he went right for it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And to expand more on the on the pressures of, of hoping season two would be better, I think we put that on on the show more than Seth did. I think the fans were, because of how successful season one was with how all these new storylines, technically, and all this all this greatness that came out of season one, it's like, okay, season two has to deliver. I won't accept anything less of it. It's like we were a Hillary Clinton voter in 2016. It has to happen this way, or else. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I'm like, if you say so, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least we got the outcome we wanted out of that one. <laughs> we did get, uh, uh, I think. Yeah, we, we got we got a good season. season. Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna go out and say a perfect season too. I don't think there was one bad moment in season. Well, two. Uh, there are some moments where they they felt like filler episodes, but then when we get later episodes, like oh, this was char- character development. So. Yeah. Well, and that and that is one thing that I liked about. Uh, well, what, what was the episode where? Uh, Borders and Clyden were addicted to cigarettes. That was so cool. Oh, that that, that is. Was, what was the a plot? Uh, I so, believe Malloy was uh, dating a uh, a simulation of somebody because they found yeah. an old cell phone from our age. Uh, okay, that one, that one for example. It. Like I thought, the B plot was better than the A plot. Oh, see that that's interesting. I'm not gonna fight you on it. I'm not gonna die on the hill. But that uh, that is actually low key my favorite episode. Okay, uh, because it's it. it the reason for that is that it it invokes a lot of classic heartbreaker Star Trek in that, like, you know, it's, you know, we're doing a little bit of City on the Edge of Forever. We're doing a little bit of Inner Light. You know, it's something where it has, like, you know, kind of like these these heartwarming, heart-wrenching type of, uh, type outcomes, uh, particularly when uh, when characters fall in love. But it's through that, that Seth MacFarlane kaleidoscope where, you know, uh, one, we're doing something super contemporary in that, like, you know, you're basically... Uh, recreating somebody's entire life from their cell phone, which in a sense is kind of capital S saying something in that like, you know, through your telephone that there's probably enough data there where somebody could do like a, you know, reasonable facsimile of of what your life is, which is, is kind of terrifying in, in, a, in, a, in a classic sci-fi kind of way. Um, but I again I just I for me that's that's a good example of why this show works because again like you've you've got the A plot I understand that it's not everybody's cup of tea it just it just kind of it's just kind of hit me in a certain way but then to bounce off of that tension as a response to that tension you have you have these two <laughs> mocklins that are addicted to cigarettes and to the point where i mean again that's also kind of saying something i mean it's like do people smoke cigarettes anymore in in 2019 i don't they even vape. know oh, okay yeah. see and that vaping crossfit yeah, there you go. Uh, but I mean, I I liked that you know that we're still kind of trying to say something because like in in Star Trek, you know nobody smokes. I mean, sure people drink and things like that, but vice really kind of seems to be um, a thing of the past that 
really isn't even touched on. I mean, like, you know, in some some aspects of Deep Space Nine, sure. I mean, because, I mean, you got casinos and brothels and, you know. Get, drinking on the Orville. I mean, look at Kelly. She's always drinking wine. Sure, I mean, sure. Uh, Seth has a glass of bourbon usually or whiskey or whatever he drinks. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the drinking is still there. And then, obviously, there's still the sex aspect because of the relationships we've seen on uh, in a few episodes. Right. Like with uh, Dr. Finn and uh, and Isaac. It, mm-hmm. That was just... Or, or Dr. Fa- or or Dr. Quick, Finn, Norm McDonald. Get to <laughs> so... But since we're on the Bordis um, train now, what what was your favorite out-of-character Bordis moment? This season, the the uh, the rave or not the, the yeah. dance club? Yes, <laughs> the, the night is ours. <laughs> the bathroom, it is over there. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate that they use this character. One, it, it, it's and again, this this is why I think the show works so well because obviously Bordis is an analog, a riff on Worf from from Next Generation and and other Star Treks, and they in those shows they you know they they'll they'll use him as a foil for humor sometimes like you know it'd be like you know they're on a on a holodeck adventure and you know d- being robin hood people and Worf just pops up and says i am not a merry man you know that that kind of thing where it's you know it's very deadpan but i with with bordis they use that to crank it up that much more um i i liked when they threw a mustache on him yes and mustache that bordis needs to come back exactly and you know and and but he's also incredibly earnest, which uh, and I think that's why that moment in the in the rave club works so well. Like you were talking about, Spree, is that, you know, even even comedically, he's still earnest, you know, <laughs> and and I, I I really appreciate that. And I and I like that we've gotten this deep into uh, the conversation about these characters and it's not even a thing worth mentioning that they're uh that uh Bordis and Clyden are a gay couple mm-hmm. and they and they're um and they're presented as you know for you know, I mean they they're probably like a a very realistic couple in that like you know they I mean there's there's you know love and respect and all that stuff but they you know they they definitely have their uh differences as well um, but I, I don't know if the respect is there anymore, especially after uh, what was it, episode ten or eleven this season, yeah. the one where with yeah, the, uh, I mean, the female uh, yeah, and Bordis, yeah, and Bordis is still holding resentment over their kid having a sex change. Yeah, yeah, see, and and I like that they put these threads down there, and they really kind of uh, pay it off in that. I mean. Who knows where that's going to go? But it does. It does add a level of dramatic tension. Um, I don't. I don't remember if it was said in an earlier episode. I really can't remember. Maybe one of you guys will. But was Clyden a trans? Uh, uh, did he have a sex change yes. when he was born? Yes, he just didn't okay. know about it until he had to go through a physical to get on the Orville. That's right. Because th- that's where I think Clyden's uh, inherent traditionalism comes from where Bordis didn't have to go through that he's seeing these other cultures and their acceptance of the female species so that, that's what I mean there's a lot of layers to that whole uh, relationship in general and then you throw Topa in there their child 
And how's Bordis going to come at that topic with, with Topa, especially with Plydon doing what he's done? Right. Um, so I, I guess from there, uh, do we want to, uh, do we want to talk about specific episodes? Do we want to talk about specific characters? Where, uh, where do we kind of want to go? Uh, I, I feel like the main event should be the, uh, the Isaac episode and you know, the one I'm talking about. I'm oh, sure. sure. Yeah. I think that should be like our, our coup de gras. Well, why, much. well why do we go characters then and we can build up the Isaac? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I, I, I would imagine that as we generally do on things like this, that if we if we don't make it a point to touch on something, it'll get forgotten about and we won't we won't come back to it. So that is true. Um, um, now I, I'm going to ask you a question, Mike. Sure. We're we're two seasons in. Uh huh. Do you still see Sherry Palmer and Doctor Finn? <laughs> I don't. And in fact, I I think it was it was in episode two. That I stopped seeing uh, uh, Penny Johnson Gerald as as um, uh, Sherry Palmer from Twenty Four. You know the the Lady Macbeth of uh, Twenty Four back in the day. Um, possibly the most evil character in Fox history, and that's saying a lot. Well, and and I would say probably one of the best uh, uh, loved characters on TV. Also, I mean, in, in terms of being a villain. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she she was great. It would be one of those things where, like, in latter seasons, she would show up, and it would almost be like a cheer thing. I'm like, yes, it's it's gonna get real now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I she's really great as uh, as Doctor Finn, and I like that she is such a drastically different character. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, but to your question, Dave, yeah, no, I, um, I, I think by the time I got through episode one, I stopped, I stopped seeing, uh, stopped seeing, uh, Sherry Palmer. I would say it would be around two or three, but there's still that like voice in the back of my head that goes, "Okay, when is she going to turn on Yafit? When is she going to turn on <laughs> on that, the crew?" That's a really good point because she, her character beats have really not had that. I mean, no. like there, there's been a couple times where you know, like during the Isaac stuff, where when that kind of came to a head, where she was very pointed, but not. Um, uh, Again, it didn't it it didn't have the uh, uh, Sherry Palmer coldness. That that's yeah. what it is. Doctor Finn is a very warm character, whereas um, uh, Sherry Palmer is ice cold. That that is true. But I thought Isaac's coldness might have brought out that Sherry Palmerism in mm. Doctor Finn because of the relationship that they had that's where i thought they were going to try and go mm-hmm. to a point there in that episode i'm glad they didn't i'm glad they kept dr finn as dr finn not sherry palmer but i kind of was i i kind of thought okay they could do this right i don't know if he'll be good but they could do this <laughs> gotcha so as kind of like a guideline of you know so we we've got a computer here in in the studio uh so killing spree has up both the wikipedia and the uh the imdb so um do do we just want to kind of go down the line spree what a uh, uh sure let's uh top a list uh ed mercer all right. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, so it's a Seth MacFarlane joint. And I was, again, knowing my, my, I, I just wasn't sure if this was the right role for uh, Seth to take for himself. 
Um, because I mean, you know, he voices like half of the Family Guy cast, and it's you know very much his show, and and this is very much his show too. So I thought maybe it was I don't know maybe a little little too narcissistic, but I I will tell you that his performance has won me over because I I really enjoy him as as uh, Captain Ed, and um, because it, it has. In, in that first episode, I think part of what what didn't wow me the the same way it may have uh, you guys is that he's he's being awfully schlubby, you know. And I don't I don't know if I need mopey schlubby, um, you know, the, the the lead character in my show to to be like that. Um, I don't need him to be a swashbuckler like Captain Kirk, um, but. I, I like the balance that that he's found because again, like like all these other characters we're gonna talk about, he he feels like a real person. Where whereas Kirk was always like a larger than life hero. And it was the characters around him that kind of rounded out his humanity, you know, the being around Bones, being a freaking curmudgeon, uh, Spock being, you know, so more cold and logical. It, it between the three of them, it it, it they they smoothed out everybody each other's edges, so that I I really like Seth MacFarlane as as the captain. Again, he feels like a very uh, real relatable person. Are you ready for the first hot take of the of the episode? Sure. Captain Ed Mercer is probably the least um, developed character on the show. Uh, make a case. So. I, You've talked, uh, I'm glad you brought up that first episode where he seemed like a, a slub, uh, uh, moping. That hasn't changed in the two seasons. Going going all the way up to the like, if we got the Ed that was in the alternate timeline from the from the finale, I would have been on board with that. If we would have gotten that by now, I would have been a fan. I don't think I, I I do kind of agree with you. I don't think this is the role for Seth. It's kind of like a, a thing now, but I don't think he's improved. He hasn't developed anything except for that slub, slubness, his, that mopiness, just hmm. everything. Even when he has to make hard decisions, he's he's so unsure of himself every time. He has to go to a- Admirals or Kelly. I just don't think he is, he is the most underdeveloped character on the show. And that, to me, is saying something. I didn't get that vibe. Like... Like him going to Kelly, I I chalked that up to you know Kirk going to Bones or Spock, for. But did Spock uh, or Bones get Kirk his position? No, no, but that, like Kelly did. No, but I, I that's think that's also hanging over his so, head. So, so are you saying he's a Mary Sue? Is that is that is that where where a you're Gary going? Stu. With? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, I, I I see where you're coming from, Dave. I don't entirely agree because I feel like, especially in these season two episodes, there is a confidence that that wasn't there in those first few episodes. I I I think his character has developed and been defined by the experiences that that he's had and had to overcome. I do agree with you, however. That of the characters, I do think that he is the least developed. 
Um, that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, if I, well, I probably should have been more clear on that. Yeah, he, he is the least developed character on the show. Even more, I mean, even Gordon's more. Even uh, it, Talia's more. It, exactly. Uh, developed. I exactly. wouldn't necessarily say that's totally a bad thing because right. I was kind of worried, or when they first started, or when the show was announced that it would just be the Ed Mercer show, like Star Trek Discovery is the Mikey Spock show. Uh, <laughs> where it's it's just about that one character, whereas right. correct me if I'm wrong, but past Star Trek, it's it's not about one particular character. It's it's about the entire. It's about the main crew. Well, I know TNG had an episode about Data's cat. Yeah, well, and I was, I was, but I mean, you have episodes dedicated to certain yeah, characters. Yeah, spotlight episode, sure. And, and you also have episodes that are just it's everybody, but yeah. Yeah, no, I I think uh, Mr. Shatner would would uh, disagree with you, but I think everyone else on the planet would say that that Star Trek is by its nature an ensemble in that. Yeah, you'll have, you know, uh, lead characters and supporting characters. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's not it's called Star Trek. It's not called Captain Kirk colon the show. Um, Why not? I am the star of the show. Right. Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's like, um, you know, it's it it hit Shatner like a ton of bricks that people are are way more enamored with Mr. Spock than with uh, than with Captain Kirk. I mean, a lot of people will say that that Spock is the better character. Um, And yeah, but but that's Shatner's ego. I mean, that that's kind of par for the course, not unlike Seth MacFarlane's ego. I mean, he's he's got uh, some of some of that uh, some of those tendencies. But but yeah, no, I I feel that it's it's definitely an ensemble piece. And I feel that, um, you know, everybody kind of kind of gets their kind of gets their their spotlight there. They do. All right. So uh, I got kind of an episode or at least a half episode to to show his stuff, the uh, Dr. Finn's youngest child. So uh, he got saved the day, saved the show. Oh, yeah. In the, in the Isaac moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the blob, Yafit, which I, I'm surprised they didn't find a new voice for him after the whole Norm Donald crap came out, by the way. I'm glad they didn't, but it surprised me. Could uh, could you elaborate on that for a sec? Because I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. Uh, Norm Donald said some things that hurt some people's feelings uh, last year, and Comedy clubs were disinviting him. He was taken off of various appearances. Yeah, didn't he um, have to apologize the on the View or something like that? Was. Oh, it, was, it was an SJW thing. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you're, you're almost sound like uh, Ilhan Omar over there. You know, some people did some things. They did <laughs> Just some like, things. I don't That's know what you're talking hey. about. But anyway, so, uh, you know, and I was chastising you guys about getting political. Jesus. Right? Wow. That, that just, whew. yeah, you're name dropping Let, people. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's continue. So, uh, yep. Kelly yeah, Grayson. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. What? I'm kind of lukewarm on Kelly. Uh, how, how come? I don't know. She just hasn't clicked with me like some of the other characters have. And I okay. can't quite put my finger on why. Hmm. Dave, you seem to be equally uh, uh, lukewarm. I'm a little more warm than Spree, but I'm <laughs> That's still for sure. not sold. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the last two episodes sold me more than the previous 22. Yeah, I would agree on that. Yeah. Um, Just knowing more about, like, her beginnings, her meeting Ed, all that stuff, that kind of put a lot of why she was the way she was into perspective. But I, 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 they could lose her tomorrow, and it wouldn't change the show, I don't think. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I'm about 
getting rid of her and show wouldn't change. Sure. Play. But I don't think it would change much, though. I mean, they could get. I mean, look what happened with uh, with the security officer. They brought a new one in. No, no harm, no foul. I, I mean, disagree on that, I, I, but that's yeah. different. Them on equal we, level, we'll so get there. <laughs> I, I I know Spree has got some uh, some feelings on that that I know the uh, that we'll want to unpack. Um, <laughs> I I'm a fan. I I'm a I've been a fan of Adrian Pilecki since uh, Friday Night Lights. There, there's there's I don't know. I I just. It's not a case that I can make to change people's minds. I guess it's just for my sensibility. She's uh, she's very prolific. She's all she's one of those actresses that has been like in a little bit of everything. I mean, like she was in a GI Joe movie for for Christ's sakes, and uh, one of the things that one of the worst one. <laughs> of the two, actually, the better one. Um, yeah, that that okay. first one is. I mean that. Yeah, that that first one is kind of wet garbage, but that uh, that second one with the rock in it is is actually not bad. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I mean, so um, the the thing that always cracks me up, and it doesn't have anything to do with uh, with her characterization or anything, but she's um, she's five foot eleven. And it's interesting, like when she stands next to other characters, e- even Seth MacFarlane. I mean, like she's like a foot taller than everybody else, and, and it's always impressed me, and just uh, just always kind of cracked me up. Because I mean, that's I mean, you know, five eleven with, and then you add shoes on top of that, and and yeah, j- you know, she's always just kind of had like an imposing presence. In fact, um, she's uh, she was going to be Wonder Woman in a in a failed. Uh, David E. Kelly uh, TV show. Uh, find that on YouTube. It's it's not great, but but it is interesting that uh, she um, does kind of look the part and does kind of fill out the suit in a way that I I know uh, um, the fandom was kind of concerned about. You know the uh, uh, Gal Gadot as as Wonder Woman uh, in the DC movies, but you know going back to like 2007 or whenever that was, I'm like. I could, you know, throw a black wig on her. Sure, I could deal with the, that as Wonder Woman. You could, you could, uh, you could do worse. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I, I get where you guys are coming from. Um, I, I've just been a fan of her work, and I like that the, uh, the character of Kelly has kind of developed less as just as a foil for Seth MacFarlane. Because um, that—that's what those first couple uh, episodes felt like. That she was kind of just there to be be the bitchy ex girlfriend or the, the bitchy ex wife, and and I I'm glad that they kind of moved away from that. Um, I mean, I I feel like she's got you know she's got agency, she's empowered, and you know, I mean she's. I don't know. I, I just may, maybe I'm seeing something you guys aren't, but I, I I don't mind her as a character, and I feel like she fits in the ensemble. So, um, we uh, we talked uh, at length already about uh, Doctor Finn, uh, played by uh, Penny Johnson, uh, Gerald. But we kind of we kind of left uh, Killing Spree in the dust uh, there. Any anything any any remarks you had uh, before we moved? She's grown on me with her and the Isaac relationship. Yeah. So. Uh, Really, nothing to add there. Yeah, and 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 what a what a interesting uh, perspective and what an interesting swerve that they did. I mean, because I mean, again, it's like I mean, you have these Star Trek 
analogs. I mean, obviously, you you have you have a robot on on the show, and you know we've had robots on on Star Trek before, but. Um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about taking kind of 21st century uh, sensibilities and applying them to uh, these characters. Um, we've seen uh, Data inter- uh, interact with the characters and his quest for humanity is probably, you know, like the, the driving force of his character. But we, for me at least on Star Trek, I don't think I've seen a relationship with uh with an artificial life form presented quite as realistically as as they presented uh Dr. Finn's and Isaac's uh, relationship even to the point where they had like the the uh hologram simulation thing where where they can you know get down to it and do uh do some do some banging uh but even that you know it's like you have the opportunity to get uh get uh the dude out of the costume and actually, because that's the actual actor underneath that too, and I'm glad that they went that way because they could have went with some hunky whatever guy. They yeah, went with the actual actor mm-hmm. who was under the under the helmet and the suit. So props to them for going that way. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, so yes, yeah, I mean, so I mean, skipping around a little bit. Do uh, um, do we want to talk about uh, Isaac while uh, while we're here? Uh, or do we want to wait for the end? Because okay. yeah, because that's that's the big. That was the biggest moment, I think, of the season, even more so than the time traveling stuff. The last sure. two episodes, that was, I think, the series defining moment for this mm-hmm. season. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Isaac. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> how about Malloy? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so many things I could say about Gordon Malloy, because he, he is probably my favorite character on the show. OK. Um, he is he, he knows. He hits his lines perfect. I mean, he has the humor. That's the humor that I think everybody was expecting the whole show to be. Yes. Because it was Seth. Uh, his little jabs, his little one-liners. But the way they developed him, especially that episode with Laura, the the one that we talked about with the uh, with the phone from the tw- yeah, from our time. Yeah. Like that showed so many different layers of him, and then him singing during the Isaac scene. I mean, he he is he has grown on me more so than I think any other character on the show. Yeah, I I can't disagree with that. It's like, and I I like that they've they've given him more to do as opposed to. And, and, and I forget which episode it was, but they even referenced this directly that you know he's he he's more than just Ed Mercer's drinking buddy. Yeah. You know, it's or he, best friend or, yeah, or best or friend. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know he he was very much kind of like the one note, uh, wisecracking bed best friend uh, character. And yeah, he's he's again he's he's developed into into way more than that. Mm. Can't can't disagree on anything. So uh, <laughs> uh, we already talked about Bordas a bit. Yeah, I again, I I really enjoy that performance because it is so earnest. Um, yeah. he, he he's one of my top three characters on the Orville. Yeah, I, I would put him second behind Gordon for me. Yeah, so uh, skip. To- uh, but but going back to Bordis, I mean, I still think Fox missed out on a prime uh, marketing tool that they could have had him and Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine doing a commercial to promote both shows that it would have been fun <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh next That's up funny. next up on the list we got uh lamar so i'm gonna retract something that i said earlier maybe uh mercer isn't he, he's very close to the most underdeveloped on the show yeah 
yeah, he's the most underdeveloped on the show. Yeah, he, he, he I, gets I a job promotion, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, what what did they do with him after that? He's not on the bridge really anymore. He's down in engineering, but mm-hmm. then what? Then what? <laughs> yeah, I I and and it's, I mean it it's nice, in in a sense that you know it, it seems like oh gosh I, I I don't know how to formulate this because it feels like he has less He's a less important Jordy. Yeah, it's well, and he, That's what he, is. he has less to do, but it feels like the stuff that he has to do is more important because, you know, because yeah. he started off as just kind of like the, the navigator. And so at least now that he's in, in engineering, I mean, again, we're still just kind of just kind of doing a, a Jordy ripoff there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's he's not a bad character. I don't dislike him. I I would like to see that developed further if uh, if the show uh, continues for sure. But yeah, un- unfortunately, not a whole lot of meat on that bone. I think he was the only one that didn't get a centralized episode this past season. No, he, no I don't think he got one. Uh, he aside from the stuff with uh, uh, Malloy and Isaac, or or his interaction with those two. Right. Yeah. I mean, but. I mean, Gordon had his his central episode. Finn and Isaac had theirs. I mean, even uh, even Kelly had two episodes dedicated to her with the time travel stuff. Right. But nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, so about- so we're skipping Isaac. We'll we'll yeah, come we'll, back to that. We'll come back yeah. to Isaac. Uh, All right. Uh, one of my favorite characters, uh, Alara. <laughs> that sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure how to respond to that, so I'll get back to that. But yeah, I was gonna say I'm just gonna sit back and and watch you fight. It, no, because uh, I I liked Alora. Okay, kind of like the new one better. Hmm. Boo! Interesting. Do. No, I, I mean, Alora was great. I mean, and her going on vac- what was it vacation or just like no, she she because of the gravity because the, the gravity, gravity stuff sickness. messed her up. Yeah. So she's uh, that's the reason why she's gone. Yeah. But then having her reappear in the last episode, that was a nice touch. I that, did like that. that it, made the me, it, yeah. it made me so happy, but then it made me sad because they brought her back only to take her away again. Yeah, she got blown up. Um, uh, yeah, she, she, at the beginning of season one, was, I didn't really care one way or another, but over the, over the episode, she just grew and grew on yeah. me. So when, when she had to go, it was just like, no, why? Just, <laughs> why? Why? And, and I can see that, but uh, just like with you, with Laura, uh, I, I think you, that's how you pronounce her name, Talia. 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 She had the same effect on me. Like her, well, kind of more just like I, I almost want to say innocence, but not really. Like I mean, the 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 cake scene with Bordas, her obviously laughing for real not in character like all, yeah. all the little things like that kind of endeared me to her a little bit more well my, I guess we'll skip to Tala then because uh, when uh, I can't remember what number episode it was but when Tala and that Mocklin engineer they kind of develop a little bit of a relationship yeah I thought that it should have been Alara because throughout the entire series she's been the one that was you know looking for a relationship and, yeah. and striking out yeah, I, I think that would have been a much more of a gut punch that she found somebody only for him to be taken away. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, 
and it would have been because of, because the, we saw that whole episode with Alara in season one where she was trying to date and trying to meet somebody. Was I think that was season one, like toward the end or maybe before she went away. And I don't remember, but yeah, I think it was season I, two. I agree with you on that. I agree with mm-hmm. you on that. That that would have been more of a gut punch, and, but. I don't know. I think it still worked. It probably just didn't work to the level that it could have. So now, I think now this isn't to say I don't like Tala. I, I think she's yeah. she's fine. It's just I like Lara that much better. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you you guys know what the what the real world reason for all this is, right? Off the top of my head, I didn't look into okay. it. Okay. So so uh, uh, the the actress uh, that plays Lara uh, name's uh, Halston Sage. Uh, she uh, she was off making a movie. It, it was a scheduling conflict. Oh, so that's it? yeah, that that was it. So and and with that, a couple things. One, um, I I don't see why that character wouldn't return later. Um, so, yeah, so she must have had a day off to go film that one scene for the for the uh, season finale. But I, I will go even further and to say that I bet you a lot of the Tala stuff was probably originally written with Alara in mind. That's possible, yeah. Very possible. Because the, in, in a lot of ways, the characters are pretty interchangeable, just situationally. Yeah. Meaning, like, they're they're uh, the same species, so they have some of the, the same um, cultural adversity, for lack of a better term. You know, kind of like the... Well, yeah, even Tala is considered, like, a black sheep. Yeah, just, just like Alara is. Yeah, yeah. And, and that whole that whole idea of joining the military, or joining anything uh, having to do with war or or, t- mm-hmm. or traveling is shunned on their planet. Yeah, and I and character wise, I I just thought it was um, a, a really cool subversion to have um, uh, you know, somebody like slighter in stature like like Alara is be basically the strongest person you know and can just you know like tear um, tear doors off and mm-hmm. you know uh, open jar of pickles and and that's another thing too I, I that's apparently a reference by the way to something I forgot what it was I was reading about it the other day I meant to bring that up here but I had to find the article again but that's a reference to something that Seth is, is doing like a, a coy nod to Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing that's interesting, though, is I, 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 I'm, I'm puzzled, and this might get to the, the weird writing thing, is like a lot of that, the, the Jar of Pickles stuff seems to also be interchangeable between um, Alara and Tala. Like to the mm-hmm. point where, like in the the season two finale, they're uh, you know they they go to the bunker and it's like, hey, can you uh, uh you know un, un open this jar of pickles? And I was like, wait a second, can you have the same um same joke for both? I I you know I, I I've only seen the episodes once, so if that if that was established for both characters, maybe I kind of missed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, I. I, I liked that we spent so much time uh, uh, developing Alara as a character, um, and then yeah, it, it's it 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 kind of tugs at you a little bit when uh, when that character isn't around anymore, and you get somebody in their place that's kind of the same but kind of not, and I don't know. I I wonder if it would have been more dramatically impactful. If it was somebody like, I don't know, with like a completely different demeanor, like somebody that was you like, mean like if they kept uh, 
Alara's initial replacement, the dude that looked like what the engineers from Prometheus should have looked like. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where, where something where it's you're creating more dramatic tension from having somebody that doesn't fit, you know, that that, that kind of thing. But, uh, but they 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 went the way that they did. So that's, uh, um, yeah, man, we we spent a lot of time talking about, about those uh, about about those characters. Uh, so it's basically from there, it's. A lot of minor secondary yeah, characters. Yeah, now, like Yafit, kids, uh, the the weird guy that always shows up. I can't remember his name. Dan. Dan. With weird, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the, <laughs> the giant head. Yes. Uh, but just just quickly on Yafit, Norm MacDonald's amazing. Yes. That, that, that's all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Turf Ferguson. It's my, it's my name. Turf Ferguson. Look at the podium. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's fine. All right, so uh, why, why don't we go back to Isaac? All right, so okay, so so we're there now. Um, so uh, Dave, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm gonna start it off by throwing it back to you with a question. Okay. How did you think that was gonna end with Isaac? Like, what? What in your way? If you were writing it, how would you have Isaac go forward from that? Back on the Orville or back with his people? Oh, I mean that that's. Dramatically, the only way you can go is the way that they went. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, know. I mean, that's kind of drama one hundred and one, right? I mean, but, because but we've seen that we've seen the the venturing from the norm in other episodes already. With like we talked about with the gender identity episode, why not have him go back and become the alpha and have them become like the board to Ed's? Well, uh, Enterprise. Yeah, but but then you lose him on the show. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's I I guess I I guess maybe when I When have I, we used him outside of the the one plot point that was that he was actually integral that, for that's with a, the with the time travel? Like that was the only real usage of him. Well, what what about when, I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, but yeah. Well, I think it was like season 1 or whatever where him and Dr. Finn kind of started their connection mm-hmm. where they were stranded on the planet and Isaac had to uh Take care of the kids. Oh yeah, that that was like the first or second episode where they were the the, the one that was being pulled into a black hole or the sun or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's what I mean. But since then, they they had the the big battle scene that probably cost almost eighty percent of their budget. I'm sure mm-hmm. here. Um, by the way, for a TV well, series, that was the best battle scene I've ever seen in anything space related. That was a pretty impressive show. That was well, an impressive well, space battle. Well, now that I think about it, if they went with the way you were thinking, Dave, then uh, the season finale couldn't happen properly when they find the uh, uh, a husk and download Isaac's uh, memory into it. Right. Well, yeah. Because Isaac that, wouldn't that's be like dead. The centralized point of him since then. Like, if that season finale, if they went a different direction with the season finale, he could have been lifted right out and still been with his people. Yeah. But, but I mean, how would they get his consciousness? That That's kind of what I'm getting at. If he's, if he wasn't uh, disassembled, like they were okay. originally going to, or what his people were going to do. Yeah. If they, if they went with that same season finale, yeah, that, that would have been a huge plot hole. but that, that's what I mean. I, at the time before the season finale happened, that was my thought was to put Isaac back with his people, make him the new alpha, and and have them come back at him strong, try and get Ed to quote unquote assimilate or just destroy everybody. Hmm. 
so basically, in your way, you you would write the character out then, basically. For for certain for a variety of episodes, yes. Like have him come back, kind of like like I said, the Borg. Like have him show up randomly throughout. And we already have all these almost wars going on. These like uneasy alliances, like with. Uh, I can't remember the name of the green species. Uh, the krill. They, yeah. See, we krill. haven't we yeah. haven't even talked about them at all. And and no. there's been a lot of material with those folks. I mean, because I mean, again, they're basically. Uh, again, it's so weird. I you know to 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 quickly tangent here. It's so weird that so much of this is so much Star Trek. I don't know at what point it raises to the level of IP theft. I mean, because I mean, like we're 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 referring to ships as starships. You know, it's it's the USS Orville. I mean, even using the same naming conventions well, as Star Trek, and I think I, Aliens does that too with the Salako. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the the future. Everyone uh, envisions the future of the Navy as going into space, so we keep that USS designation because we call them ships. Sure. So, yeah, I, I think that's where that uh, ideology comes from. But yeah, it's it, it it's I don't know. I mean, I I'm no copyright well, I, attorney, I, but it, I it's, think the worst you could say is unoriginal. Yeah, and, and yeah. that and that's the thing because I I won't say that it's an outright ripoff, obviously, because as we already discussed, it's 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 homage, um, and and you know uh, quite effective at that. But yeah, it's just I I was like, wait a minute. I mean, we're you know these these Isaac people are basically as Dave keeps mentioning. I mean they're they're basically Borg. I mean it's 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 the same damn thing. Because um, they destroyed their their creators. They, that that's also the the constant trope of the machines will uprise against oh, their yeah. creators and take over. I mean dun, that, that's dun, a classic. Dun 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 dun. So yeah, it pretty much is like Terminator. But I do like that they had the. I haven't seen like the heads coming off with the guns. Like that was a whole new uh, venture, I think, for for these alien these machines that are out there. So that was kind of a cool little addition that Seth put in there. Yeah, we'll see. And, oh, I, so you're just talking about the guns, right? Not, yeah. Not later when they become drones, <laughs> right? Because because I was going to say it's like I, I I took the drone thing as like a a you know their technology developed further and faster in in the alternate timeline, uh, that's why we didn't see heads pop off in in those other episodes. Yeah, but, well, there but just that, wasn't a necessity to in the, those episodes. Oh, oh, that's true because they're inside uh, yeah. for for most of it. You're you're right on that. Um, so yeah, I I, I uh, kind of distracted us a little bit. Uh, I I forgot where we were. We're so we're still talking about Isaac uh, and the we're Isaac about people. Like Isaac, yeah, and then uh, how we're talking about like all the almost wars that are going on with like the Krill. Oh sure, uh, Isaac people, the the Union, and then you have the the possibility of a Mocklin Union war because of what happened with the the all female Mocklin planet. So I mean, right. there's all these little little rifts going on. And yet everybody has this one unified stance against Isaac and his people. I can't remember what they're Clydons, uh, Kalon, Kalons, yeah. Kalons, yeah. And yeah, they, I, they, they I don't know how they're gonna associate that if we get to season three. Is if everybody's gonna finally team up and then the Krill will stab him in the back after the it, the Kalon threat is gone, or well, hopefully if they, we get end the Kalon. Well, hopefully they don't go the route that Game of Thrones just went, where they kill off the. The existential threat. You mean you can see you could you could see that episode? <laughs> sort of, I yeah. think. When I squint really I mean, hard. 
about Star Trek Discovery having dark scenes. I, I saw the screenshots. I don't watch the show, but I saw the screenshots. I couldn't tell what I was making out. Like, <laughs> I, and, and the direct and the uh, effects guy defended the lighting choice. It's like no, people I couldn't see half the battle. What the fuck? I, I didn't explain the battle at Helm's Deep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I read that article too. Where yeah, like they talked to like a, like director, uh, uh, cinema photographer, or director of photography, or something like that. And it's like, and and really, it was it was like criticizing people that watch stuff on phones and computers. It's oh. it, which I, I can list off so many things that happen at night, and you can see exactly what's going on, like the T Rex escape in Jurassic Park, right? right. <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones is garbage anyway. So <laughs> wow, read Berserk. Holy crap! Scalding hot takes from Dave Sanders over here. That's uh, that's fine. Um, all right. So, so where we want to go now? So, uh, d- were there specific episodes we wanted to wanted to talk about? What? what? Just quick, quickly on the the Isaac thing or yeah. that episode. Uh, the only thing that bugged me. Well, I know why they did it, but it just bugged me that his eyes didn't change. They yeah. stayed blue. Yeah. So it it basically telegraphed to the audience. Isaac's gonna turn. Or he's, mm-hmm. he's gonna, he's gonna betray his people. Yeah, and but I know why they did it, just because, so you can know who, which one's Isaac. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah purely a visual thing. So yeah, you, you because well, and it was interesting because kind like of a, yeah, I would say yeah, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right, right. Well, to be fair though, couldn't they have? Is that or couldn't that be seen as a missed opportunity? Have Isaac be shut down, disassembled, have somebody else, another Kalon, come up, change his eyes to blue, and infiltrate the Union. That that would have been a much more compelling storyline, I think, at the end of the day. Because and it still would have fit in with the uh, with the finale, because as it was shown in the finale, all the Kalon are connected through the internet that mm-hmm. they have in their minds. Oh, sure, sure. So they still could have used that that storyline with the with going back in time, finding out what research was done, just have another Kalon infiltrate the Union ship, follow along Isaac's route, but then they saw somebody in play that they could uh, effectively use maybe in season three. Sure. Well, and another another interesting aspect of that is like it wasn't until I was looking at the episode order that um, that that two parter is episodes eight and nine of 14. And boy, howdy, did that feel like a season finale type of type of scenario? I'm really surprised that that wasn't the last episode that they ended up doing five more after that. Um, I kind of think they had to do it that way because I I think the the better cliffhanger esque type show would have been the or a finale would have been what we got more so than happy ever happy ever after. Yeah, I would say if. If we don't get a season three, then the season finale we got mm. would be a good cap on the yeah. entire series. Yeah, I I agree with you on that, and I I think that's by design. I think I I appreciated that it didn't have um, a cliffhanger um, because I mean nothing burns my ass more than unresolved cliffhangers. I'm just I, well, I'm just not a fan. You Las Vegas, right? Exactly. Well, speaking of cliffhangers, I totally missed the season finale of season one. Was there a cliffhanger there? Uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what that was because I I missed it live, so I I was like, all right, I'll just catch it on demand. I'll I'll watch it later, watch it later, and eventually it got so later that Comcast said, if you want to watch it, you got to pay. It's like, god damn it! (laughs) 
Oh, Comcast, you evil overlord. And I want to get the full. And I want to get the full season, but I'd rather get it on Blu-ray. But it's only available on DVD, so that's kind of like, uh. oh, that sucks. I don't um, even know why they're doing it that way. So yeah, so so the uh, synopsis. This doesn't help. Uh, the last episode of season one, the crew cr- crash land on a planet from another universe. Ed and Kelly consider getting back together. Um, that's, oh, we know how that went. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was one of the religion ones, if I remember right. Because well, they did like two or three of them in season one where, where it was based around like a religion of some sort. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, I think this was one of them. I think this was the uh, the House of Kelly, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, that that's that's right. Yeah, so they go back to like the the like 14th century medieval uh, times type of thing, um, which again I I thought was uh, really clever how they show the passage of time, and that like you know we we spend a little bit of time in what would be the contemporary era and you see like you know their version of like fox news and you know uh uh some other uh uh propagandist type uh uh type material in that in that world based upon you know the the uh uh the the kelly stuff and yeah. i don't know i mean yeah but it it did not end in a cliffhanger um no, it, it was like a normal episode going off air everything came back together and okay we saw we saw you again next season, pretty much. <laughs> right, and I, I do. Uh, so I mean, I guess kind of like not necessarily a cliffhanger, but like, so I you know I I recorded on DVR and watched it on TV, and after that episode ended, they were like, "Hey, man, so we'll have new episodes next year, or in like <laughs> you know January or whatever, you know January <laughs> of next year, because like this was 2017 when uh when it dropped, and it's like yeah January 2019, and it's like ah." damn it yeah it was only a half season order then but it started in september as opposed to this time starting in uh in well technically december 30th but Mm -hmm. uh the second half of the season which uh i guess we could transition to that part now the uh the uh speculation on if a season three and where fox will place it in their yeah because Disney doesn't God, own... They're, they're consistently changing lineup because there's so much going on with the Fox Network this season. Yeah, who who owns the channel? Because Disney already owns ABC. They can't own two. No, they don't own Fox the channel. So I, I'm, I've seen a lot of people freaking out about that. It's like, oh, it's going to go to Disney+. Plus. No, it's not. They do not own the TV stations. That's still under the Fox umbrella. Disney bought, what, 20th Century Fox... Um, pretty much everything except for the Fox affiliates and Fox Sports. That's what Disney owns, <laughs> right? So, yeah, and I think Fox News is independent from that as well. Correct. Yeah, that, that's yeah. So yeah, Fox it, News, Fox Business, all that, all that, all those entities. Yeah, they're they're individual. Right. So then, I I, I guess I'm confused because I guess I, I I'm not a I'm not a IP lawyer or whatever. So, um. Uh, it it seems to me that Disney owns Simpsons because that that seems to be part of the part of the umbrella of what is basically 21st century Fox, or at least in terms of like an an IP umbrella. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, so the production okay. companies, it's Fuzzy Door Productions and 20th Century Fox Television. Oh, so. Yeah, I I don't know if that helps. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, Disney Plus has already touted that they're going to get all the Simpsons. They're going to put it on their streaming service. Yeah. FXX just 
took Simpsons off their schedule because they would show it like five nights a week for six hour blocks. They're going to do the same thing now with Family Guy. So they did not buy any assessed property for what it sounds like because they're oh, keeping okay. Family Guy on the Fox networks. Interesting. So, so that must have to have something to do with uh, Fuzzy Door Productions, then. I think and, so. Yeah. And the the, yeah. I I don't know how that works. I, I'll I, be honest with you guys. I don't know how any of that works. If any of you listeners are uh, IP lawyers or think you are, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Tweet us, Facebook, whatever. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or just link us an article. It's like, this is all explained here, dummy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I mean, I I haven't really done much research into the um uh the Disney Fox stuff for for quite some time. I mean, you know, I I, I kind of said my piece on it. It's like you know, people they're like, oh, holy shit! Now we now we get the X Men in the in the Marvel movies and stuff. I think I think there's a point to be missed there. That uh, I mean. <laughs> I, I, I think, I mean, it, it, it's fine, but I don't know if I like the precedent of, you know, so much intellectual property being under uh, one house. Now, I'm well, not taking it from a couple of wrestling fans. One company owning all of it, it, it creatively they just become stagnant. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and we're already seeing it in that universe with the Star Wars. I mean, look how much has been put out. I. I, I'm willing to wager that there's a bit of a uh, of a okay. Hold on, wait. We, give us some time to breathe and and process everything we just saw. We don't need an. Oh, you have another one out now. Okay, crap. Now I have to process yeah, that one. Yeah, no. Disney fought. <laughs> hey, Mar the Marvel. Marvel's the same way. Marvel's yeah. working. So why can't it work for Star Wars? And yeah, I think they had that stupid mentality. Right. Uh, but Marvel, it was what. I, I, this is the quickest I think I've seen Marvel put out like avengers i mean because avengers would usually take two three almost four years at times so now like we're that. seeing the, the one year gap and it's like oh that's a lot well, uh, they, well, well you can explain <laughs> you can excuse that as like it being a a two-parter yeah i mean uh, yeah, i mean there, okay. there was a lot of concurrent uh production going on there for sure i mean i i would i mean because you can't make a movie like that in a year. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 just bonkers. I uh, what Seth did with that thing. I wonder how long that took him with the with the uh, Kalon battle and then the nine to five battle after that, <laughs> and then that opening scene to the finale. Like there was a lot of special effects. I wonder how long that actually took Seth to do. Well, I'm pretty confident he's not doing those himself. Well, no, I mean, uh, I mean, him and his his team. You know, you know, what I mean. <laughs> Oh, like how long that took him to to put together and get everything scored right, and mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, easily the best TV uh, battle scenes I've seen pretty much ever in any sci-fi. <laughs> were were three of those episodes this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, uh, on on a pretty epic level scale and you know we were talking about uh production budgets and stuff earlier and i would imagine that um there's a reason why there's only 14 episodes yeah. um and you know what for me at least i think that's just fine because um i don't know if i i i think i think Contemporary audiences have kind of outgrown the traditional 20 plus episode uh, run of a show. Uh, does anybody even do that, that anymore? If you look at like Netflix, CBS Hulu, all that stuff, oh. you, you have the, the 10 episode 
every six months. Yeah. I mean, like, we're getting 10 episodes at least of Lucifer coming up here on Wednesday. Sure. We have 10 episodes of President Jack Bauer teaches legislature coming in June. (laughs) Right. Uh, Tangent. I'm back in on that, by the way. Yeah, we, we we can maybe unpack that uh, yeah, on, on. on a different but, but day, but just wanted to point that out because they they get they pulled me back just like Godham did. They pulled me back, but I mean uh, that seems to be the traditional or the way that the present day viewer is absorbing their content: short, concise seasons with yeah. a lot of things happening at once. I agree, and 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 Spree was uh, um, just trying to just trying to ask earlier, you know, who does that anymore? And you know, I, I was going on at length about CBS programming. Every one of the shows that I watch on CBS cranks out like twenty five episodes a season. Um, so there's a new episode every week. From oh, there you like, go. I basically just watch cable shows. Like, yeah, like what's on History or AMC. Sure. Yeah, and so that's it, it's weird. Um, that, that is still kind of the network TV model. Um, whereas to what Dave was saying, that's, you know, between streaming platforms and what you're getting at with, uh, with cable, um, I mean, cause I mean, shoot, how long is a season of walking dead? That's probably no more than like a dozen episodes I, or so. I stopped watching that show years ago. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do half seasons. So. Sure. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, and, and I'm okay with that too. You know, if you do like a six and six split or something like that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's like, and, and I think when you do fewer episodes, uh, it, it's a word that you used earlier, David, it, it makes it concise. I think where network TV kind of gets really wobbly is when you're trying to figure out how to do 25 episodes worth of content. That was that was kind of my uh, issue with that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show is like, I mean, there there were aspects of it that that were OK, but you would get like one good episode and like a half a dozen stinkers because basically they're just trying to trying to fill for content and fill for time and and it all feels that way it feels like filler Hmm. do you think 24 would work today under this model no like no even with jack i mean i'm I'm talking season one 24 right now no it would would go past season one no 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 i i think i think it's a thing for for so many different reasons i think 24 is a thing of its time um because i mean keep in mind they've tried to do 24 again twice oh yeah and both times it was kind of a turd they didn't um, open a socket. I mean, how could they get anything done without opening a damn socket? Right, but but so yeah, I mean, so and they and they tried it with a truncated twelve episode run, yeah. and and it, it didn't work. Twenty four, you dumb sons of bitches. Well, but but that's but I mean, but that's to my point though. It's like and and even at the twelve episodes, it, it felt kind of bloated. Um, and I'm just like I, you know, I I think. I, I think contemporary audiences have just kind of moved on because really what I think people want to watch is 10 episodes in a binge, you know, that, that kind of thing or eight to 10 or something like that. Cause the, I mean, the Netflix and chill people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't know if uh, Orville fits into that mold because at like 14 episodes per season, but also that you had those couple Two weeks in between episodes, which yeah. is annoying as fuck. 
It is. I hated that. And, and there were planned out scheduling uh, breaks. I don't, I, yeah. Probably like for uh, whatever reasoning, whether it be basketball, baseball, whatever. Uh, some award show, rent live yeah. on Fox that failed miserably. What, whatever the reasoning was. There, there was somewhere it was like there was just nothing. There was nothing in that spot. Like, uh, yeah. like when they did that three week break. Yeah. I think that one was done solely because of the merger. Well, no, that I think that was in uh, like the beginning of March, wasn't it? It was towards the end of the season. I I think. Oh, it was beginning of the season. No, towards the end. Okay, yeah, that'll be uh, March. I think they were trying not to compete with uh, the college basketball games going on for at least two of those weeks because they had Thursday and Friday games those first two weeks. Oh, okay. That that and that and that's the point that that actually brings me to a point I wanted to make. I think Fox, for all their faults. Mm-hmm. Is trying to get a, get ahead of the game here, because they know what people's viewing habits are. They they seem to be pretty on point with it. Because you don't, you're seeing less and less original programming, scripted programming on there, uh, and we're gonna see that coming up this fall uh, in October when SmackDown moves over to Fox, uh, starting not, uh, I think it's like October fourth or something like that, or twenty mm. fourth. I keep forgetting that's happening. Yeah, uh, so that's gonna take all the Friday nights away. So. The Last Man Standing has been renewed, so we know that's not going to be on Fridays anymore. Barf. I believe I read that the uh, Cool Kids has been renewed. That's not going to be on Fridays anymore. They, they have no more Friday programming. That's going to be taken for the whole year now. Hmm. Thursdays during the fall, they got NFL football. They got the rights to the Thursday night games. Oh, that's, that's gonna right. That's going to be gone for half a season. You have Star and Empire that have been renewed already, minus Jesse Smollett. There's your Wednesday block. Mondays, you have 911 and The Resident. There's your Monday block. What else do you have? Saturdays you show college football in the fall, then you show whatever on uh, during the rest of the year. Sundays you have uh, the animation block. You could probably put Cool Kids or Last Man Standing at the end of that. Other than that, though, you have nothing else. Hmm. Where's the Orville going to fit in this? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they make it a summer show or something. They might, or they could. And here's going to be my, sec- my well, technically third hot take after the Game of Thrones one. <laughs> a renewal for the Orville on Fox might not be good for him. Could you elaborate? Well, where, I yeah, think where, they should take the Lucifer route. I think they need to go to a streaming service, whether it be Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, whatever, and do the 10, the ten episodes every six months thing. Let that sail on that ship for a while, because... You know Netflix is paying out the ass for these things. Yeah. I mean, Amazon gave what? basically carte blanche to the to the Top Gear guys to make the grand tour. They they paid everything for them. They paid out the ass for them to have a show on there. Um, what was the one that you were telling me about last time, Mike, that you enjoyed on Amazon? Jack was Ryan. It, uh, Jack Ryan, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I watch some, uh, I watch some Amazon programs, you know, it's like I watched Jack Ryan, I watched uh, both seasons of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which was really, really funny. I like that, by the way. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. If, if, uh, if anybody has any kind of love for stand-up comedy that's it's it's a really good deconstruction about that um uh but anyway yeah so i don't know dave it's i if personally i'd be pissed if they moved to a streaming service just because i of i i hardly ever watch the wwe network so every time i get the bill it's like why am i paying for this i hardly use it so it'd be the same damn thing if they moved to hulu or amazon or wherever it's like 
do I really want to pay for this one show when I could just wait for it to come out on DVD or something? Yeah, see, you said something earlier, Mike, and I'm mm-hmm. going to bring this up because you said it's uh, it's almost outdated now to have this 22-episode model for, yeah. for networks. You have to look at the outdated model they're still using to, to justify uh, advertising. Yeah, absolutely. The Nielsen, the Nielsen box is beyond outdated. Most people are DVRing or watching on streaming, not watching it live at home. Yep. It's not that type of society anymore. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. And I I think that network TV is still very slow to catch up to that. Um, I I would say, you know, for for as much of our criticisms of CBS All Access, at least they're trying because that that was the thing. It was like first they were like um, CBS All Access Uh, it. And that literally is you get like access to all of their programming. But it's past, present, and future. Exactly. Now, now the the problem with that is, for me at least, it's stuff I don't want. So it's like you know, I'll watch NCIS first run. I have never gone back and rewatched a single episode of NCIS that I've watched, or CSI, or any of that other nonsense that that I claim that you know that that, that I'm a fan of and that I watch. Um, doesn't but Mike, mean Jack is on there. <laughs> is it? Yes. Oh. Well, well, this is suddenly <laughs> becoming cool. a. Well, well can't is, you also get Jag on like Blu-ray or DVD? I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I get my Jag fix from watching it on KVOS. <laughs> so they, they yes. show it quite a bit. Anyway, we're not talking about Jag. Um, <laughs> but but then they're just like, well, hey, you know, uh, how about this uh, Star Trek show? We're we're going to do a Star Trek show, but we're going to make it exclusive to our proprietary streaming service for this one network maybe yeah, that will get like people their only their only show that they were marketing for cbs all access like that was their 100 we're putting this show on that's yeah. gonna be our market <laughs> and and, that, and now they're doing that with the twilight zone yeah and you know and i've even posted this like on facebook and maybe twitter also where it's like oh well maybe i have to consider getting myself a cbs all access i've heard bad things about the new twilight zone so i i I wouldn't bother i i've heard it's not great oh that's disappointing (laughs) Uh, agreed agreed um but you know maybe like with this captain picard show Maybe I'll reconsider it, but it sounds like probably not because that that was my litmus test. It's like, oh, well, you give me another show, Twilight Zone, and and my decision to not get CBS All Access has nothing to do with uh, uh, negative reviews of the Twilight Zone. I just never really thought about it. You know, I never, like, paid attention to it. And and where I'm going with all this is if you – we, we've spent almost two hours talking about how much we enjoy the Orville and how it's a great show and, you know, and all of that. But you put it behind a paywall and suddenly I'm like, OK, bye, um, because it's it's basically how you explain. You gave us this thing for free and yeah. now you're expecting us to pay for it. It's kind of like why I don't bother with uh, playing video games online anymore on the PlayStation because mm-hmm. it used to be free. Right. Yeah. Like, I should only have to pay my uh, internet provider. Right. Like, I I'm, I'm already got cable, so now you want me to pay for the show that I could watch through cable, but now I have to go to a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even even if it's a streaming service that I already have, like, for example, I have uh, Amazon Prime, so that means I, I can watch 
uh, programs, you know, uh, from Amazon. But there's like um, to to what Dave was getting at earlier. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's on there that I either don't know is there or don't care is there and don't make time for. Um, likewise, I, I've got Hulu also. I, I picked that up like on a Black Friday sale. I'm paying like 99 cents a month for a year. Yeah, uh, Hulu. I remember when Hulu was free. Yeah. And it's like, now you want me to pay for this shit? Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I, I told myself if I went back and rewatched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the equivalent of probably buying a DVD or something like that, I would have paid for it. I tell you what, I haven't done it yet. So mm-hmm. it's just because something is there even doesn't necessarily mean I'll get to it. So Yeah, that's me in the WWE network. There's a ton of stuff on there. Like exactly. I probably would watch if I even remember to. It, right. Precisely. That that and, yeah. And not even in ring stuff like the the table for threes. There's all these other sub shows that they have behind the scenes type stuff that's really good on there, but unless you actually think about it, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And they that. barely Oops. advertise it on the on their uh, television shows. Right. They they might have like a little blurb in the corner during a match nobody cares about. That's about it. Or hey, <laughs> debuting right after this show, but they'll they'll say that as the show's ending. So yeah. it's like, like okay. hurry up, get over to the WWE network. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah like the see. old WCW days where Shivani would be screaming as they went off the air and cut him off mid sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- there's there's something to be said for a good hard cut, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is. But but, but no, I, I it, but I think it's inevitable. I think all the shows are going to be going this way here soon and all you'll see on network TV is either news or um live sports or or live award shows well, or well, all, all these random things that Fox puts breaks out for in shows that nobody cares but, about like Red Live. Nobody gave a shit about that. But do you think it'll last long cuz you're well, 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 let me ask, how much does is Hulu, Amazon, and all these other ones are per month? Oh, Amazon is a one-year thing because yeah. you get Amazon Video with Prime. If you have okay. Prime and you pay whatever it is yeah. month, uh, for the year, you get the video for that, the whole That's year. the only reason why I have it is because it's like – and, and, I, and I had been an Amazon Prime customer for years yeah. to where it's like, oh, I have access to all of this. Well, fine. Why don't I just buy a goddamn Fire Cube and see what, what all this streaming nonsense okay, is all so, about? So what about so, uh, Hulu then? Uh, Hulu, depending on which package you get, is anywhere from seven ninety nine to eleven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine is without the commercials. Eleven ninety nine, or sorry, seven ninety nine is with commercials. Eleven ninety nine is without. Uh, Netflix okay. just raised their prices depending on how many screens you have. It's upwards of fifteen ninety nine a month. Okay, so let's say Fuck. let's say let's say ten dollars a month for Average, these things. Yeah. Average, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that God damn. And between all these streaming services that have their own exclusive shows, you're it's like. Is that really going to last long? Because cable, you're you're paying a certain amount of month, but you're getting all these different networks. But here's the thing, though. This is this is where people are cutting the cords too. I mean, yeah, you have to think a lot of these Hulu Netflix subscribers are watching. Stuff They're going the for day a specific after show. or after entire seasons have passed and going back and watching it. Okay. They don't have that. They just have the internet. They don't have the cable side of it anymore. Okay. But I'm just that, thinking that's like, where that justification comes in, where you're paying twenty, maybe twenty five a month for Netflix, Hulu, whatever, as opposed to one hundred and fifty for internet and cable and maybe phone if they still do that. Huh. Well, 
Let me ask you this while while, while Spree is thinking, because I, 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 I see the wheels turning. He's He's got a thought he's thinking on there. Um, do you all just, like, a, at any given point, just turn on the TV and just, like, let whatever is on be on because like like for example my my wife w- watches a lot of like HGTV you know like like the property brothers and the the you know flip this house and you know all, all the all this other uh, uh nonsense and i've shown her like on hulu where like all of that stuff is there she's got access to it she has no interest in it because it's like you know i ju- i just tune it on to have something on in the background right um i think like with the a la carte streaming model i i I don't i i don't know what the equivalent of quote-unquote flipping through channels is because like there's been a few times i've opened up hulu and i've opened up amazon and i just find nothing and i'm all like alexa switch to cable and and then i then i go back to to you know just flipping through something we end up watching property brothers for like 40 minutes I, I I don't do that anymore. I used to. I used to just have like Food Network on in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, like right now, I have Sling TV for my quote unquote live TV experience. Yeah. Um, I, and that's forty bucks a month for me. It has everything I need. Um, and then whatever I miss, I catch up on on Hulu. But I'll throw on like ESPN or if I'm really bored and want to torture myself, CNN, <laughs> and uh, just throw that in the background if I'm working on stuff on the computer. Yeah, I, I used to have stuff on in the background, like Comedy Central, when it wasn't the the Office Channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they would show, like, the, the British Who's Line or, oh, or sure, the Old yeah. South Park, stuff like that. Yeah, I would do that, too, on that one. Yeah, like, either that or History Channel. But these days, it's like, if I'm when I turn the TV on, it's to watch something. But Yeah. But it's just with, with these streaming services, I'm, I'm thinking, like, do I really want to pay... Ten bucks a month for a show that's only going to be on for a a season, mm-hmm. and it, it's like it's not year round. Like 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 I justify WWE or keeping the WWE network as the pay per views, right. right? Right, because I pay sixty a month or seventy a month, whatever it is now, it's nine ninety nine. Yeah, Maggle. But with like say uh, like say Netflix for example, mm-hmm. there's nothing. There's no shows there that catch my eye. I don't care about their Marvel stuff, right? And which is all gone, by the way. Yeah, but and I mean, at, at the time Plus. when they were still there, yeah, or like my my uh, sister and brother in law have, and I was just kind of skimming through it looking for movies that I'm interested yeah, yeah. in. It's like there's no Godzilla on right now. There's nothing for Ninja Turtles. It's like I'm looking for <laughs> stuff I like or that I would want to watch. It's like I'm seeing a whole lot of it. It's basically blockbuster. It's like classic stuff and whatever's new. Right. And, yeah. But, yeah. But no, and nothing in the middle. Exactly. Interesting. There's, there's something about Netflix I, I've noticed. I was actually just scrolling through there the other day, just randomly seeing if there's what's on there. There's not as many movies on there as there used to be. It's all either their original programming or TV shows that they have the rights to. There's still some movies on there, but not as many. Do you think they're just losing rights to stuff since all these other networks are, or studios are putting out their own? Uh, That's a possibility, but there's still also their they still have their DVD by mail service. My dad's still <laughs> um, a member. Yeah, no, I, I've got a buddy, uh, uh, Ryan from the Autopod Decepticast. He'll 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 talk about getting DVDs from time to time, or I mean, they they have Blu-rays also. Uh, uh, but still, yeah, well, yeah, not everybody has access to uh, high-speed internet, right? Like, right. Like the, 
the uh, the foundation's not there. No, uh, right. like uh, there's still like what a couple hundred thousand people on dial-up or whatever in the country. Something like that. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it, it's it, it's mind-boggling that those things those things survived, but various other things that had promise didn't. It, it's just it's it's just weird. But no, I. I wouldn't mind seeing the Orville. Like I, I wouldn't mind it on one of the streaming just because I pay for them already. But oh, I sure. can see your argument, Spree, for those that don't. And I don't know if you don't think the Orville will be good enough to get you to subscribe to a service well, and then see what else there is on there. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe when we if that bridge has to get crossed, but I just I just see myself waiting for it to be on. Uh, Blu-ray or something, and I'll just pick it up. Yeah, but that's I, the thing, though. Like these, like Orange is the New Black, the, all the Marvel stuff. I don't think any of that's on DVD or Blu-ray. No, I, I don't think no, they haven't. For that. Yeah, like the 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 Netflix am, uh, Marvel stuff. I don't. It's never. I don't think it's ever gotten put on DVD or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I made a deal with myself like you know two three years ago. I'm like you know if I if I see you know Netflix Daredevil on DVD, I'll buy it. Uh, right. Because you know, I, you know, I heard it so well reviewed and all that other, all that. I mean, it became like such like a pop culture magnet thing, not not unlike the movies, you know, at the mm-hmm. time. And then it sounds like everything just kind of kind of petered out after that. And ultimately, it's kind of kind of like a weird footnote now at this point. Uh, but, but now that I think about it, something else, I'm kind of concerned about is uh, mm. like with Netflix, at least the movies, like they're not always there, right? Yeah, um, well, you can, yeah, it's it's a rotation type of thing. I would imagine so, things things get rotated out, things get well, so, rotated. So I'm just in. thinking, like maybe when I want to watch the Orville, the Orville might not be on there. Ah. Well, all their original stuff, like because, like I said, Lucifer and uh, Jack Bauer teaches legislation. They're 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 going to be on Netflix here in the next two months, uh, May seventh or sorry, May eighth for uh, but they Lucifer, the- June seventh for. But they're titling them. Netflix original series, so they, they keep their original stuff year round. Yeah, because uh, okay. like I'm, I'm watching, like I watch The Ranch. I've been watching Fuller House. They usually come out every six months on average. Um, there's one on there I think you would enjoy, Spree. That's Glow. Uh, Glow. The, the take on the uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. It oh, okay. has uh, Allison Brie. It has uh, Awesome Kong. I don't know if you remember her or not, but she's in it. Uh, and a variety of other B, C, D listers, but it's a pretty good show overall. Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't know. We'll we'll see if that ever comes to pass. The Orville <laughs> going on streaming service. Yeah, I, and I guess that's kind of my point in a weird roundabout kind of way. It's like I like the show. I like the show quite a bit, but I don't know if I would cross the street to go over a paywall for it. Maybe that could be a question posed to the audience. Would you pay for something if it moved to a streaming service? that you are very much into or would you just say, eh, they don't need my money. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously a, a thornier uh, issue than we, than we can untangle um, here and now. Um, and, and I guess as, uh, as we get closer to wrapping up, um, I, I know we kind of drifted uh, pretty far away from, uh, uh-huh. from the Orville itself, but take was- a huge shot. But that but we went was, back into streaming theory. Yeah. Well, I, and, and again, we, we should probably think about wrapping it up uh, uh, yeah. shortly. I, I did want to touch on the season two uh, season finale um, a little more uh, before we got out of here because I don't know about you guys, but it uh, 
it left me pretty lukewarm. I mean, it's it, it's fine, but it just I I I didn't have my hair blown back um, as far as what a what a season finale uh, could deliver. Um, how about you guys? What do you think? I think it goes back to what was said earlier about the um, the Kalon battle should have been the uh, finale because that would have been a hair blowing like oh my god that's the best thing ever yeah but uh, I think it was Spree that said it this is the right finale for just in case yeah 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 this time these two time travel episodes it feels like a series finale yeah. Kind of, kind of feels like a, a couple character beats kind of got you know it, we're, it feels like we're tying up a couple loose ends not all of yeah. them but but at least a, uh, but at least a couple of them and I think um, for me at least um, a lot of what we've been talking about is that you know the Orville is the the best Star Trek show on the air um, this episode uh, felt to me. Probably one of the most hollow in terms of Star Trek imitations. It didn't it didn't because like like I've been talking throughout this entire conversation is that, you know, it's it's taking um, contemporary sensibilities and applying it to a Star Trek type of situation. And and that's where I feel like it's at its best. This felt like really just kind of like a a discount Star Trek episode, kind of like how that the pilot episode felt to me. So it's at least kind of bookended. Well, I, I, have the, of, oh, I, I have the least experience with Star Trek, so I have to take your word for it. Gotcha. I, I could see that aspect of it, but I, I was thinking about this as we were, uh, as I was getting ready for this this podcast. Sometimes paint by numbers is the right way to go. Yeah, yeah. I think that was for here. Yeah, and and I can't disagree with that, Dave, because it it, it does feel satisfying. You know, for, from a well, you know, it's like if this if this is the last one and it doesn't get renewed, that's fine, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, no, I just I I, I wanted to make sure I kind of had that hot take out on the on the skillet there because I I don't think I had gotten around to mentioning that. Right. Um, well, while we're on the uh, topic of that episode, yeah, what was it, everybody's immediate reaction when the Orville blew up? Oh my God! I hope they got it off. And- and I was actually fully expecting to see like the title, the the end credits, and then fade to black right there. Like if they oh, wanted sure, to yeah. actually do this as a cliffhanger, that would have been the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I just I just yelled out like what? <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Yeah. See, okay. So I, I I understand now, and I'm glad we're having this conversation about it because yeah, that's I mean I I've seen stuff like that before. I mean that that's that's a Star Trek trope. Um, I mean, to the point where, I mean, like we even saw it earlier when they blew up the base with Alara and I'm like, oh, th- so we've established that this is an alternate timeline. So that means we're going to see some people getting crossed off because yeah. it doesn't matter because it's an alternate timeline. And I, I honestly, I would have been more surprised and it would have felt more of a, a cheap out moment if they didn't blow up the ship, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, but again, that, that's, that's just a jaded trekker in me. So, um, and, and, and yeah, so it sounds like that for civilians, this, uh, um, really kind of worked. I mean, is, is, am I correct in thinking that? I guess since I'm technically the civilian in this (laughs) scenario. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, Spree, as he said, he's not a Trekkie or really has very limited Trek knowledge. Yeah, if it worked on him, yeah, it would definitely work on the on the civilian population. Cool. Going into this, uh, but you just have to think like they could have had a whole season set up if they would have just faded the black play the end credits right there now as soon as it blew up no because that because then you're you're playing with fire then then you get into unresolved cliffhanger territory yep and so yeah i mean i i think dramatically if if there was already announcement that season three was going to happen then yes, absolutely, because that would be a pretty kick-ass uh, uh, cliffhanger. Uh, because I mean, again, uh, Next Generation did that a couple times, yep. Yep. <laughs> but, but but and, and they do make for great cliffhangers. But yeah, I, I think I think you need to have it just a little more tied up, just in case. Well, let me throw this at you. Ah, they could have done that as a way to force Fox's hand. I, I don't. I mean, oh, have all oh, these people here create, that create a demand for what happened season three because we have to know what happened. That exactly. Kind of, okay. Does it work that way? I don't think it works that I, way. Because I, I mean, because there, there's, I mean, there's like thirteen years worth of pissed off Firefly fans. That, <laughs> but but but, the, but the, Firefly have streaming services they could jump to at, at a whim. Yeah, but uh, I think everybody's so old or gotten older now. Yeah, but but I, I guess what I'm saying is that that fan outcry. I don't know if that if that really has as much cachet as, yeah, I don't as know you if guys or- are thinking it is. I don't know if the Orville has that kind of pull. Like I've mentioned that prove otherwise. Well, that, that that's my proof on that one. Well, <laughs> and, and and here's the thing. Also, is that I mean, and this Dave, this is something that we talked about when we learned that Designated Survivor was going to be picked up by Netflix. I I think it's also equally okay to let a show die. That that show has no business being back. Like I said, I don't know if you watched the trailer or not. No, it, it has me back, and I. Don't and not in a hate watch way. Either. Sure, I mean, I mean, I, I'm sure I'll watch the trailer. It's it's fine, and um, but I, I I don't see myself watching the show um, because I would have to actively pursue it. And, and I guess that was in a roundabout way, kind of my point with the Orville. It's like I don't I don't know if I would actively pursue it, but but yeah. but 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 I'm I'm kind of you know talking in a big circle, having a having a circular argument, but. Right. Yeah, no, I just I, I I I don't I don't know what that says about the market. Meaning like um uh I don't know. I just I I I don't understand how fan outrage should be the new model. Um because I mean it's working for Sonic. Uh, you beat me right yeah. to it. That that's that's where I, that's where I was going to go with that. And I, in a weird way, I kind of don't know what to think of that. I to think me, it, I think uh, it was all pre-planned. I think it was a publicity stunt. Jim Carrey as Eggman. I mean, Robotnik. <laughs> it's Doctor Robotnik. They, he, I don't care if it's originally Eggman Japan. <laughs> I actually kind of dug that. Actually, I'm like, I see what we're doing. That's fine. But yeah, and that's interesting. That and that's that's like a level of 
uh, of subversion that I don't know if I have enough bandwidth to be able to deal with to where it's like, you know, we're putting out posters and that got people, you know, like uh, I, I remember like a lot of people being all pissed off about like how beefy his legs looked or something like in that teaser poster. Then we get the trailer and it's like, oh, my God, I don't know about all this, which I mean, talk about nightmare fuel. I mean, that that is a terrifying looking character. But what is? I, I think considering <laughs> this movie's coming out in November and they. They only got so many months to reanimate it. Yeah. I think this is all pre-planned. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that it's 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 a really I, strange move that I just I don't know how to feel about it. Well, it's well, I, I just don't see why they would or would Sega would allow it. Yeah, because they, they would have to have had to, to approve Sonic's uh, look. Yeah, yeah. I I just know I'm not watching it. I, I was yeah. already going to not watch it, but now I'm especially not going to. Even if Sonic <laughs> looks a lot better, no, I, mm-hmm. I I have I have zero Sonic nostalgia. I just I don't care. Again, uh, I was a Super Nintendo kid, so I mean, my, it was my but <laughs> that was my buddy that had the Genesis, and you know, you give me like an Altered Beast movie, maybe maybe all uh... Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So, uh, I guess it was brought up just now, and I guess this would be a good way to uh, to end things on. Uh huh. Uh, are you going to pick up issue one of the Orville comic book that's apparently coming out? I totally forgot month? that was a thing. Yeah, I forgot about that, too. And and I wonder where that's going to fit in in the timeline. I bet you it's going to it's probably going to be somewhere in like season one. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, that that's like um, uh, if we're if we're setting Marvel stuff uh, pre Infinity War, you know, that that kind of thing. It's like I just okay. I I. You know, if if you've propelled a narrative a certain direction, going back doesn't really seem to be of service unless you have like a really good story to tell. Um, but I, I remember, Dave, you seemed pretty enthusiastic about it. Is that is this gonna is that gonna bring you out to a comic shop? I think it will. Uh, just at least uh, get issue one and see if it because I'm I'm not a comic guy. I've never had one hold my attention really. Mm-hmm. I just it? haven't been that type of person, but. For something like this, I, I'll, I'll at least check out the first issue just to see see where they go with it. Now, if it's just rehashing all the episodes, you can keep that ish because I, I can just go back and watch them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they do that. I was gonna say I, I would hope not, but that's one thought that I have that is like I think it's trying to talk me out of it. Hmm. Like 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 because that, that's what's talked me out of a lot of like pursuing comics is like well, there's the the TV shows or the movies, so just go there instead of going to the comics i I, I can't rationalize it i can't like make excuses for it that's just where my brain goes for some reason that's fair i I mean really the the comics are more or less just kind of ip farms for movies anymore anyway um sad to say well that and the industry's dying yeah Yeah. yeah, exactly and and i i don't know how that how that's going to turn out because like if more or less like if the farm dies you know, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. uh, I have all this money well, and I think it's just this... that's just where it's going is the, the superhero stuff. It's going to movies, yeah. Because you'd think with these movies being so successful, it would translate to the comics, but it's not. It's not. It's not. And like, despite how much money uh, Captain Marvel and Black Panther made, their comics don't sell well. Well, yeah. Well, well and unless yet, it's an issue one, then it well, sells gangbusters for collectors. Well, and here's the thing. No comics sell. They they really don't. Well, I mean, 
relatively compared to other heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? Sure, sure. Um, well, that's like that DC Plus. Uh, it has all the DC stuff on it, but it also has the the PDFs of comics. So you go back and read all the DC comics throughout basically yeah. forever. And any new ones that come out, I'm wondering like if they have analytics on how many people are taking advantage of that. It's probably a very low number. Probably, because, I mean, even that isn't enough for me to uh, uh, pull the trigger on that. I have zero interest in in, uh, the DC Universe app, Mm -hmm. even if you get all the movies and all the TV shows and all the, you know, like that Titan show that I'm told is half. Fuck Batman. Yeah. So and and apparently uh, I guess that show gets good, but I couldn't care less. I, I just have I have zero interest, and even throwing the comic books in there, it's just like it, the, there's there's nothing nothing there for me, and I'm all in for this nonsense. So right. like even if you gave me like a Marvel version, like for example, there there is a service called Marvel Unlimited, and it's I didn't ba- even know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's been around for like eight or nine years, and basically it's it's. Um, uh, I mean, it's for it's comics, so it's not movies and TV shows, but it's basically every Marvel comic that's ever been published going back to like the 60s. Mm. And the uh, the drawback of it and something that that one, I can't do digital comics. I, I just I, um, I I just stare at your phone that long. <laughs> Well, I mean, if it okay, and, and again, Dave, you're familiar with this argument. It's like I don't want to watch movies on my telephone. I don't want to watch uh, television shows on my computer. I want to watch TV on my TV, and I feel the same way about comics. I don't want to read a comic book on my phone. I want to read a goddamn comic book. Right. So it so for me, it's like a texture thing. And you know, we talk about this with like with regards to books and and things like that, and. Uh, I'm kind of in in that realm. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Marvel Unlimited is like, I want to say like 10 bucks a month and you can essentially stream all of the comic books ever. The drawback is that it doesn't include brand new stuff day of release. You have you have to wait like a couple months or something like that to Uh get to get the new stuff. So it's kind of like the WWE Network where you can't watch like this past week's Raw or Smackdown for 30 days because of whatever agreement they have with the network. They probably had the same thing with that, where it yeah. has to be out in the store for so long. Oh yeah, that before. would definitely finish off comic book stores. Yeah, if, the, if it was yeah. if you could read them day one. Day one, yeah. then yeah. I mean, and then that's something that, ironically enough, something suddenly I would consider that. I'd be like, oh well, maybe I'll check this out. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but but good for you, Dave. I, I I'm I'm glad that you're interested in uh, that Orville comic. Uh, uh, I might it, wait for a trade paperback. Yeah. And and that would be cool too. Um, it, it's you know I'll I'll flip through it. I might grab it, but um, I it, it's been my experience w- with a few notable exceptions. Um, licensed comics aren't usually great. It's hit or miss. Yeah, it's very hit or miss. But I mean, you, but you know what they can do? It, it'd be great just for the sake of it. Hmm. I don't know who has the rights to it, but you can do a crossover with Orville and Star Trek. That'd be sweet. Uh, I want to say the Orville comic is coming out from Dark Horse, and currently IDW has the uh, Star Trek rights. 
So, I, well, so Dark Horse has done uh, crossovers with other studios. Oh, so. tons of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Dark Horse is probably like one of the most prolific ones in terms of like you know, uh, yeah, because I mean they've done plenty of stuff yeah, with both it, Marvel and DC. Yeah, and IDW has done crossovers with DC. So exactly. So I mean, so it's not, it's not outside of the realm. But I just I wonder though, uh, if if. Paramount or CBS or whoever owns the rights, whoever owns the rights to Star Trek, if they would want to. Uh, well, I think Paramount owns the 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 real canon timeline for Star Trek. Oh, okay, yeah, because it gets it gets super murky. It's like I don't I don't really know what's what because really I don't I don't pay attention. Because from my understanding, <laughs> STD is supposed to be not the actual can, the real canon. It's supposed to be like the the Abrams take on the original canon. Oh, really? Uh, it's oh, it's I weird. I didn't know that. See, I thought it was. Well, hey, this is this is ten years before Kirk and Spock and Bones, and it's like, yeah, but well, at least that's but, the way it was explained to me. I'm not. Don't take my word. For yeah, it. it's fine. Again, none of us have watched anything past uh, um, the, those initial offerings. Um, that's, but, that's why it's called STD. <laughs> well, and it's interesting. At least there's a cure for crabs. <laughs> so, and and there's no cure for Star Trek Discovery. It would it would seem no. Oh, oh there is. It's called the Orville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an ointment. You have to apply it twice a week. There it is. There it is. Uh, gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, closing thoughts uh, before uh, before we get the hell out of here. Uh, I'm sorry, Game of Thrones fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> for what? For that episode? That show is crap. <laughs> well, well, for everyone who got so invested in this thing, eight years later for it to just get snoked. What, did they get? Did they Red Wedding it, basically? Well, like, kill everybody off? No, 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 no. The, the Night King, this big enemy, or this big force that they've built up since episode one of oh, season one. Oh, hey, uh, spoilers for Game of Thrones, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? You are a spoiler. Not me, man. Think about that. It, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Nobody's <laughs> listening. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> but from my understanding, they built up this big, big event, and it's just, it, was it just sucked. Sandwich and turd. Yeah, and, and the big enemy, he gets killed off. No, no different than Snoke did in uh, uh, the Last Jedi. He gets chopped in half by a lightsaber. That was that was slowly jiggling towards uh, towards him. There, that's well, that's well, sad. No, well, no, it's just basically like you killed the enemy or yeah. the big bad way yeah, too yeah. early. Yeah, because there's like three episodes. Three left. episodes left, and they're and they're allegedly like double the double the length of their normal episodes. So, yeah, you know, wonder what they're gonna do for filler time yeah. for that. Yeah, from my understanding, the show everybody's fucking. From my understanding, the <laughs> show. That, what else is there on the show? Yeah, from my, from my understanding, the showrunners were studying uh, the Helm's Deep battle from Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. to to learn how to do a a battle for that long in an episode. How how did you watch Lord of the Rings and fuck it up? Yeah, it took the wrong <laughs> lessons from the wrong material. Um, uh, Dave, well, closing thoughts from you. Well, my closing thoughts are going to be uh, since we brought up Batman. Uh, Thank you, Gotham, for actually putting for the ending one and Riddler the way they're supposed to yeah. fucking be on the last fucking episode of your show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, I would tack on to that, Dave, and I would say thank you, Gotham, for finally ending that too. <laughs> not, that not too. watching that Alfred show. That no, Joker was god 
fucking bullshit. Yeah, no, no, thank you. No, Star thank you. Star Wars is not the Joker. Fuck you. No, it's not. <laughs> sounds Con like it's Star Trek too. Fuck you. Sounds like I. <laughs> sounds like it was a good thing I didn't get past the very first two episodes. You're okay. Okay. You're okay. Um, it's, it's I mean, the Jim Gordon uh, buddy cop thing was working for a while. Then they just went. Totally fucking insane. Well, and that's what he's talking about. Because like in that first episode, it's like, oh, we're we're doing like a Law and Order buddy buddy cop type of show. Because this could be rad. Every time I tuned in for the Orville, I'd catch like the last couple minutes of uh, of uh, Gotham, Gotham, and it's like, wait, they're doing Dark Knight Rises now? Like Gotham's all blocked off? Oh yeah, no idea what TV dinner bane. They knew what they were doing at at points. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. They, they could they could take some lessons from Kathleen Kennedy about what how uh, not how to just kind of fumble through a, a narrative with no plan. Uh, but yeah, no, also, that uh, Ocasio Cortez. But <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, we're all getting political here. For yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all going to be dead in twelve years, I guess. Apparently, love it, <laughs> or love something. <laughs> On that note, uh, this has been Mike Cybert Radio. My name is Mike. I'm the dark one known as Killing Spree. I'm Dave. And until next time, make good choices. Certainly better ones than we've made here. And be good humans better than us. It's not that hard. <laughs> oh, do I have to say make good choices again so you can say or bad oh. ones? No, that's all right. Or, or, or <laughs> do you got something else? I got nothing. Make bad choices. I don't care. Fuck it. <laughs> And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my KGRG college radio shows, all the way back from Mike After Dark, through Mike and Mickey After Dark, and into the first couple episodes of The Monday Project and more, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, review the show wherever you find it, leave a five-star review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Mike Cyber radio leave a voicemail at 231-224-MIKE and write into the mailbag mikesybertradio at gmail.com and that spelling as always is s-e-i-b-e-r-t just like it sounds this has been mike cybert radio my name is mike and until next time make good choices Alright, well, oh my God. <laughs> all right, so now where that ends. Very good. Alright, well, um, well, that, that was fun. We got it done. Yeah. Uh, uh, so since we spoke a little bit about it, Mike, uh, did you want to do an end of the season finale extravaganza again uh, for all of TV or just uh, what you yeah, just yeah, talk about the Orville? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that that would be fine. Um, yeah, we, we can, we can figure out the scheduling on that, you know, soon. Um, is there anything that, that you're waiting to end? Um, I'm not sure if whiskey Cavalier is still has episodes or not. Oh left. God. Are you watching that? It's actually not that bad. Oh, it fucking sucks. Dave. I, I enjoy I, Scott Foley. Okay. Leave me alone. So do I. So do I. That's why I watched it. I, I gave that motherfucker three episodes <laughs> 
And then on the third episode, it's like, oh, this one isn't so bad. So then we watched the fourth episode, and it was worse than the previous three, and and no more. Fuck that. It got better. <laughs> like, Standish and Jay are actually funny now, and they're Let me, let me see better. if— The chemistry's coming in. Uh, well, let me see if I can get my Ron Burgundy voice. I don't believe you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but no, outside of that, I don't think so. I think everything else is wrapped up for, okay. the, uh, for the most part. Uh, how about you? Uh, you know, I've lost track. I want to say maybe there's like one episode of The Blacklist left. Because um, I'm watching that. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're giving him shit. Yeah, no shit. I was I was going to say I'm saving all this so that, the you know, we can uh, uh, splice that in somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, that show sucks. But it, yeah, it's it's and it's not even a hate watch. It's just like, oh, it pops on my DVR. So I guess I'm watching it. That's fine. I would have stopped that recording two, three seasons ago now, <laughs> especially after what you told me how last season ended. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Speaking, speaking of hate watching, what the fuck is WWE doing? Uh, yeah, they. I was gonna incorporate. They they just had their two lowest rated shows of all time this past week. Um, but again, ratings are antiquated and they don't make they don't mean anything anymore except to advertisers, right? Or, or, or networks for advertising. But yeah, no. But it's, WWE it's still goes for those advertising bucks, don't they? I don't even. I I think the Super Bowl still pulls in four or five million per thirty second spot. So. I don't think the prices have come down at all, even with the advances in technology but, that we have. It's just with, with WWE, I don't think the network's doing it for them because they never put out they, – the only time they put out the numbers is if they had good subscribing numbers after WrestleMania. They oh, no, they, do, they put out the numbers every conference call, but they've been stagnant over the last year. Like They haven't really gained, but they haven't lost. Oh, okay. They've been hovering around the same number. Well, well, they just, so, I guess they just don't make a big stink about it then. No, because they're not – they're not making the gains they were in the first year or two. And hmm. even war- since they went worldwide, it's not making a dent in the numbers because they have, like Canada, it's not like ours. Canada, it's a channel with like on demand features for certain things. Okay. It, it's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> hmm. But no, uh, Mike, if you were. If you were tuning into wrestling for the first time in 10 years, you would turn it off within five minutes. That's how bad it is right wow. now. Wow. Yeah, the stuff they're doing with Bray Wyatt, I, it better go somewhere good. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was kind of hoping you would have shown uh, Mike the, yeah, I totally the, forgot to do the that. Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we may have to watch that before we yeah, leave. It's, since a, bad, we're, it's since a weird, we're bad combination of uh, Mr. Rogers and Pee Wee Herman. I think Bo's doing the voice for the uh, for the witch. <laughs> That's right. They got a witch puppet. It, it's just as bad as you. It's actually probably worse than you're thinking right now, Mike. That's terrible. <laughs> well, I they, just, I, I, and they, I can't. And they just don't know what to do with their NXT stars when they bring them up because they had a, yeah. they had a, a tag team. It was uh, Ra- the War Raiders. The War Raiders. All right. When they brought them in. They were they're basically like Vikings. They're basically like a, a big guy with a beard and then a, a short but powerful guy with a beard. So did in NXT, did they have that their entrance entrance gear or is that new? They kind of did for like the takeovers. Like they had like the shield and the armor and all that stuff. Okay. But it was mainly for takeovers. It wasn't every entrance. Right. <laughs> so so when they brought them up to WWE, they started calling them the Viking experience. Okay. Because apparently that's an experience. 
<laughs> I don't, I no, don't it, know what the yeah, symbolism it, is behind it. It was just and when Michael Graves yeah. is hyping him up, talking about stuff Viking does, like, no, that's not true at all, you dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's a kind of, it's a pet peeve of mine is their helmets. Like they have the the horns, and that's historically inaccurate. The Vikings never had that stuff. Hmm. So. But, yeah, well, Vince but, is a racist. We knew that. <laughs> oh, damn. He, he's not wrong. Hot takes will make you hot. Jesus. But And then they changed the name to... Uh, the Viking Raiders, was it? The Viking Raiders, yeah. Yeah. And we're waiting on them to change the name again. Oh, no, they did. Uh, I think it was Viking Warriors last time I saw. But really? they stuck with that one. <laughs> well, wait. So, two weeks ago, I think it... Well, I guess it's going to be three weeks tomorrow. They came as the, the Viking Raiders... Then it was the, or no, the, Viking the Viking experience. experience then Viking Raiders, and That's I missed Viking last week, or I missed this yep. past Raw. So I don't know what they right. were calling them that one. Yeah, now, now it's Viking Warriors. Okay, so, so they got it almost back. Kind of, I don't know. It, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well, we'll bad. see if they last up to uh, stomping grounds in Tacoma. Oh God! I I, I, I got my tickets. I'm going. Now, has the dome been, like, the renovation's done? Like, it's all new stuff in there now, right? Dome? The Tacoma Dome? It has not been renovated in years. I thought it was supposed to be renovated. You're thinking of Key Arena. No, I thought the Tacoma no, Dome no. was, too. Yeah, Tacoma Dome, like, last year or something. Oh. They, they tore all the seats out and, like, put yeah, new oh, ones I in. I, the only reason I know that is because uh, Charlie did a news report on oh, it. Oh, okay, well... <laughs> that It's uh, a true that, story. That's, that's new to me, then, because... Uh, award-winning I, journalist, Charlie Because uh, January... Uh, Last year, I went to a monster truck show, and then right January this year, I went to a monster truck show, and it didn't look different at all. Like the seats were, they I think there's they didn't change the seats. Interesting. They they must have like pulled them out and put them back in or something because well, like I don't remember they, were... they pulled it out and swept for the one every ten years sweeping <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't think the, the seats didn't seem that different to me. Like they were they were still that hard plastic and bunched together. So, like, if you're big and sitting next to somebody that's just as big, you're kind of... Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which we all know, wrestling fans, you know you're going to be fucked when, that, when it comes to that. Yeah. Bunch of fat asses. <laughs> <laughs> He's fat! <laughs> so, but what I'm interested to in see is uh, when they come to Tacoma, are they going to acknowledge they're in Tacoma, or are they going to say they're in Seattle like they do with it whenever they were in Everett? Yeah, I know. We're oh, near nice. Seattle. No, you're in Everett, you dumb fuck. Yeah, you're not even near <laughs> Don't Seattle. Don't show Pike's Place. Don't show the Space Needle. You're in fucking Everett. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, WWE logic. Everett is a, is a borough of Seattle. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Because when they used to go to the Tacoma Dome, they say they're in Tacoma. So I'm just wondering, like, are they going to say they're in Tacoma or are they going to yeah. do this shit? Are they going to show the uh, the I-5 stack with the 16 and all that? <laughs> <laughs> in the wide shot with the traffic at a standstill. Yeah, like the only thing about Tacoma. I mean, the dome is pretty much it. There's yeah. Not much else yeah, there. I am. There's the piers. That's about it. I don't think they're going to show those. But yeah, yeah it, it, Seattle has a pier and they don't show that. They, they, they'll show the market, but that's it. Yeah. But yeah, Tacoma has the piers, but yeah, they probably won't show it. But yeah, no, it's. It, it's getting bad with the WWE, and Vince just needs to step away and focus on his little football league next year. Which uh, oh, that's right. You guys are getting a team. Yeah, man. <laughs> with Jim Zorn as the coach. Where in the world are they going to play? 
at, at the, the clink. At, at the clink. clink. Yeah. They're gonna put arena football in the clink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's gonna be so dumb. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> what? Okay, Dave. What's wrong with Jim Zorn? I I just saw him the other night at an event. Nice guy. Oh, he- very nice. Yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. I, I, Thought John Carlson he, had to throw was, a football. Was he the coach of the Seahawks <laughs> for a little bit and didn't do anything with him? Um, no, he he was the head coach of the Redskins oh, okay. for a while and then proceeded to do nothing with them. Well, I want to. Fair, I I can't remember if he was on the coaching staff of the Hawks or not. I don't think I he was ever head like coach though. Coach uh, for uh, for at least a year or two before he went to Washington. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. But no, I I can't fault him for Washington then because. Uh, Dan Snyder is uh, is a horrible owner, and he's basically Jerry Jones, but worse when it comes to coaching. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, but no, I, I'm a, I'm kind of excited to see what they're gonna do because they have a bunch of rules changes that they're that they put in. Um, they're apparently gonna have a simultaneous overtime. What's like, that both, mean? Both both offenses and both defenses are on opposite ends of the field playing at the same time. Oh, Jesus. That's going to be a clusterfuck. <laughs> I don't even know what that... That's, that's going to be as bad as those... Or as crazy as those uh, WCW World War 3s. Or, or as bad as the uh, last XFL's kickoff rules. Remember that? The, or the coin toss rules. I don't remember that. No, I don't remember so it. So they yet. had to... Uh, they, they basically did a 40-yard dash to the ball, which was at the 50-yard line. Whoever got there first got to pick. Instead of a coin toss, they would scramble for the football. Oh. The very first game that was that was played, somebody separated their shoulder and was out for the year. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 the following week would of course go to the traditional coin toss <laughs> because they didn't want everybody separating their shoulders. Good lord. Huh. No, there's a. Uh, it's gonna be, I guess, a constantly running clock, uh, even if it goes out of bounds up until the last two minutes of each half. Uh, so the games are gonna go a little bit faster, which I guess that's a good thing. Uh, probably not gonna be many timeouts and like commercials or anything like that. I'm trying to find what the other one was. Uh, there's gonna be tiered extra points. So depending on how far back you want to kick, it's either one, two, or three points for the extra point. Hmm. Um, touch match come out to the 35 yard line instead of the 20 or 25. Hmm. All right. You know, the NFL will adopt, adopt some of these if they work like they did last time with the, uh, the cameras and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I imagine the, the NFL will rip off XFL if anything is successful. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. They did with the cameras. Absolutely. I mean, remember the cameras on the field, the overhead cameras that was, that wasn't in the NFL before Vince did it. Hmm. They blatantly took that from them. Huh. I, I guess I. Well, I guess it's all fair because WWE rips off stuff. Oh yeah, they're not guilty. They're not innocent of it. <laughs> they rip. They rip shit off all the time. DX. How the fuck can you induct a DX before the NWO? I, I kind of can give them some leeway with that because they were an actual WWE but they, faction but, but they, where the NWO wasn't. But they inducted Harlem Heat, and Harlem Heat never tagged in WWE, didn't they? Or did, I thought no, they were they just... Yeah. No. Stevie Ray had never been in WWE that I know of. Yeah, so, I mean, they don't give a fuck about uh, whether or not they were part of the company. Right? I'm actually pissed that they're in before the Steiners. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do anything with Scott Steiner. 
I think they're going to. Why not? They gave Iron Sheik an open mic. Why not give Scott Steiner an open mic? I think that's why. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, we're not doing this shit again. <laughs> Probably why they'll never let. Warrior talk, damn it. Let Scott talk. Well, they were trying to. Some math lesson, well, damn it. well, with uh, with Warrior, they were kissing his ass, just trying to uh, make amends for all the shit they pulled on him. Yeah. But uh, that, that was a shitty way that, that at least he got one final like moment of glory. Yeah. In the, before before the ultimate tragedy happened with them. It, it kind of bugs me that they twisted the Warrior Award to something that he didn't intend it to be. They they kind of went back to what he intended it to be this year. They this year, yeah, stage. but but yeah, no, that it should have never been the way that they promoted it, and Dana didn't help with that and by the way she's a member of creative now really i don't know if you heard about that yeah dana warrior is a member of creative now well i guess yeah they felt bad for her so they had to give her a job or something uh but she's a member of creative the same title freddie prince jr once held (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know if you know that mike freddie prince jr used to write for the wwe that's neat I think it was just after the uh, the the Scooby Doo's that we don't like to talk about. <laughs> ah, very good. Isn't the uh, I don't dislike that first one. Is Stephanie still head of creative? Allegedly, <laughs> she's well, a lot of things now. Apparently, she's. I think she has Jr's old job, the te- the talent one. I well, there's part of your problem. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of things that she is. Oh, damn, <laughs> and, we, and we can't say a lot of them anymore. Wham, wham, wham. Because it's not SJW or it's oh, not PC. No, wait, 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 wait. I got, I got you. Oh, you got you got the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have sound effects again. No, I I have a I have an air horn. D, I have a DJ air horn app on my phone, and all it does <laughs> is this. That's literally all it does. It I, I I'm fun one, at parties. One of a million useless apps. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I'm kind of mad though that they took all the. I, I understand why, but I'm still kind of mad that they took all the sound effects out of uh out of NetGen up there for you for everybody. Everything is gone. Because we had some damn funny. We we had the John Cena's. We had the. Well, we had some good things. And and here's the thing. It's like before I left, um, I. I copied everything onto my external drive. I had, I mean, I have all of my stuff. I just didn't want to go through a one terabyte external drive looking for shit. (laughs) And you know, it's like, I can't follow you. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for, for momentum and that's all good. All right. Well, uh, it's been fun, gentlemen. It Uh, has. Let me talk the shit with you about the Orville. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there was a bunch of stuff we didn't cover, but it doesn't really matter. That's yeah, what I get for really get the grill or uh, yeah, that's about it. Or like the minor characters, but well, it, the thing that that I I meant to touch on, and I kind of just briefly mentioned it, but it was all the the uh, cameos from previous Star Trek people. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. I can't remember which episode specifically. I think it was the one before the time travel. I think it was uh, Gordon's uh, love story. Uh, Riker uh, directed that one. Yeah, yeah. See, the, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of deep cuts references, and that was, I believe, the same episode that had uh, Marina Sirtis in it, also yeah. as as the uh, school teacher. Yeah. So and it's just like you can't necessarily have 
these crustos in there without without being uh, respectful of the material. I mean, it's like they wouldn't they wouldn't sign on to do these cameos or direct episodes or whatever. Um, because like, even like a couple of the writers and some of the, uh, episode directors are like folks from like, like the deep space nine era mm-hmm. of, of Trek. So, I mean, there's, there, there's a lot of Trek pedigree in this show and, and, and it definitely shows, but kind of hoping he'd appear on camera and just like blow a trombone randomly. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Just, just hanging out in the background. Yeah. Just yeah, hanging out in the background playing the trombone just as a nod yeah. to, uh, to him playing the trombone <laughs> on TNG. Yeah. I think that would have been a cool Easter egg for us, uh, for us TNG guys. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, well, since uh, McFarlane's got connections with uh, Patrick Stewart, you'd think that he'd get a cameo at some point. I think because he's doing the Picard thing for CBS, I don't know if he's going to be allowed to. Well, not even like on, necessarily on camera, but like maybe like a voiceover or something. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I would like it, like as, like Yafit's long lost cousin or whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> way he's not screaming, but his voice is there. Because yeah, Picard's done a lot of voice work for uh, for Seth. I mean, he's the director of the CIA on uh, American Dad. Right. He's the voice of Susie Swanson in her head on Family Guy. He's done quite a bit for him. I think he's even done the voiceover for like the uh, the Ted movies. Yeah, yeah, he was the narrator. Oh right, yeah. And so, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah, uh, so many, so many possibilities. Just hopefully they can do them. Yep. Yeah, and 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 that's what it comes down to is like you know we'll see if this uh you know see if things continue yeah. and where and where it goes from there. 